Sydney Ellen Wade has done nothing to you, Bob. She has done nothing but put herself through school, represent the interests of public school teachers, and lobby for the safety of our natural resources. You want a character to debate, Bob? You better stick with me, because Sydney Ellen Wade is way out of your league. And if you want to talk about character, Bob, you better come at me with more than a burning flag and a membership card. If you want to talk about character and American values, fine. Just tell me where and when and I'll show up. This is a time for serious people, Bob, and your 15 minutes are up. My name is Andrew Shepard and I am the president. Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name is Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Debbie. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. And yeah, we have Debbie this week. Hooray! I I made the silly mistake of putting forward an Aaron Sorkin um, choice for this week and not thinking Debbie's the perfect person to have on for this. So when Debbie very emphatically went, you're doing Aaron Sorkin, I went, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I was able to go, yes, I'm totally planning on this to, to occur at this point. So, um, man, it's been we, – we, we live in the UK, as I'm sure anybody who's listened to this knows. And last night we got some um, – we got a punch to the soul, I think, of an announcement that we are headed, yep. we are headed back into lockdown. So I don't know what the uh, makeup of this is going to look like next week. But no. we'll, <laughs> we'll figure that out. That, that's, that's tomorrow's problem. And today we're going we're gonna to look ahead to – we're going to look ahead. We're going we're gonna to look to this evening for the American president. Yeah. Because by the time you hear this, this is election day in the United States. Yeah. So if you're listening to this on the day of, go out and vote. Yeah, if you you're should, American, if you you're should, not, yeah, <laughs> you should vote. You should vote. Voting's um, our civic duty. Vote, 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 vote. vote, vote, vote. vote, vote. It doesn't matter who vote, you vote for. Just make sure you vote. You yes, vote, absolutely. Vote. So, um, quick little thing here uh, on top of voting. Uh, thanks for anybody who's been downloading and sort of doing a digital vote for our podcast in the ferries. We're trending in kind of the usual places, the yeah. usual suspects. Canada, cool. Woohoo! Nice flag. Oh, That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Great Britain, nice flag. Yay. Yeah, uh, Australia. Oh. Actually, you know, I'm fu- these, these, all, these countries all have really nice flags. Yeah, they have. Yeah, Germany, yeah. lovely tricolor nice. flag, and Switzerland, Way. which looks like a watch. We're which would make sense. Switzerland, don't we? We are hanging about in Switzerland. Oh, thank you, Switzerland. People. Thank you, well, Swiss. We're glad yes, we're not. Swiss. We're glad we're not missing the Swiss. <laughs> So there we go. Uh, also, thank you to anybody who we have released so many bonus episodes over the last couple of weeks. We have. I'm looking forward to kind of going back to a more regular schedule on so, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but <laughs> if you did got a chance to check out our, we had lots of people who were going, I've got an idea for your next re- real round table. I'm like, cool. I hear you. Um, it might take three years to get to it. It might yeah. because, because, because so do we. And so I think it's okay to announce that next month we're going to do Leo DiCaprio, oh, yeah. which I'm looking forward to. You don't like Leo. I don't like Leo. No. I think he's, He's. I think Le- I, I used to be a Leo hater. Same. And now I'm a Leo participator. Until I saw yeah. Basketball Diaries. I've never seen that. So that's really interesting. It's one that if I can find enough time, I'd like to get around to. But I think that's his turning point. We'll release that somewhere in November. That's yeah, all I know. Yeah. Um, but right now we're just kind of, I'm looking forward to this kind of going for the one a week. Yeah. <laughs> just let that go. Uh, quick fantasy football update. Um, I'm facing Georgia this week yeah. in two versus three. It's very close. Nick and Russ have Liam. 
Oh. So they're waking you up in the middle of the night with their with, with their changes they're making. They are, routine. yes. <laughs> but but also you've got them this week they and kicked my butt. They're they're time. predicted to kick your butt again oh, this week, buddy. Guys, come on. <laughs> uh, Main Street Finance, that song from that movie, Alex versus Alex. It's an Alex off, and then that leaves Defining Disney and Queen Ellie at seven and zero still, Ooh. still undefeated. So two um, point lead, two two win lead. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that, that's what I said. Well, there's a playoffs, and we'll see how that goes. Because uh, I've I've been in there with a the lead after the regular season, and then lost in the final. I don't even know what it's like to participate in the lead. In the lead? <laughs> Actually, to be fair, I think I had the lead for like one week, and that was uh, no. Nick and Russ had it for a week, and then I had it the following week, and then Ellie's had it ever since. So that's the way. I that's think gone. I've been bottom every week apart from once. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, see? Consistency. Yeah. We can hear you scream all the way down there. <laughs> and on that note, scream. So uh, cool. really enjoyed that. Uh, we got a nice. message from the Paul and Griff show who said that apparently it's Griff's favorite movie is Scream. And, and said that we did it justice. And I was oh, like, oh, nice. great to hear. And they did a gif of the, what was the, it's the one where like, bam, down she goes or whatever. <laughs> bam. Liam's favorite bam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think maybe it was your contribution more than mine. But I did have one thing hit me at the end because the very last shot of Scream, right, yeah. is Gail Weathers doing a report to the camera. And then oh, she walks yeah. off. Now her cameraman died. He did, yeah. He was holding the camera. Who's well? You see, there's like a new, there's like a sound person and a camera person and like a producer who are walking with her towards the house as she does the report. Yeah. But this is happening at the same time that Dewey's getting like let out of the house oh, by, yes. by the ambulance. So yeah. is the ambulance this bad in this area, <laughs> or is there some sort of like one nine hundred camera crew that you can do <laughs> that gets people there like asap? In which case, why didn't she have like a boom mic to begin with? Like she was with one guy. It just seemed really weird. Hey, do you want to go work on a, a job? Yeah, sure. Which one? Oh, the one the camera guy got killed at like yeah, an yeah. hour ago. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, I'm, I'm sleeping still. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Sorry, I'm still asleep. <laughs> still asleep. And so um, just a little bit, and maybe you were missed if we didn't talk about this, I think. Uh, Sean Connery died yesterday. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. 90 years old. 90. We should all be so lucky. I know, right? We should all be so lucky. And he died peacefully in his sleep. Peacefully in his sleep in, is it the Bahamas or Bermuda? I Bahamas. Bahamas. Yeah, yeah. Like as far as, like that sounds, he surrounded by Family, that sounds pretty he good. He did have an illness, a long-term he did. illness. But he did. He did die peacefully in his sleep. But he made it to 90 as yeah, well. Yeah, like, that's pretty good. You know what? Like, that's a good run. And what a great career he had. It is a great career. I mean, without doing a Maybe full thing. Maybe we should but... do a... John Connery round See, someone's recommended that, yeah. and it's just uh, the problem is his thing is his 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 library is so wide, is. and so, and a lot of it's James Bond. Yeah, there's a lot of James Bond in there. What was the one he we did would with, have to have Richard on for what that? What was the one yeah. he did with um, Michael Caine? Uh, don't know. Was that somebody the King's something? I, I don't know. I can't remember what I was called. I don't know. That was a good movie. But I mean, so there's the Bond stuff, and we all remember him as James Bond, and that will be his legacy. Yeah. But what are some other things that sort of hit you about Sean Connery and some of his non-Bond roles, maybe? Um, I liked him in Untouchables. He wins an Oscar. Yes. In Untouchables. Yeah, he and was, a lot of people were saying, death. I forgot he was in the Untouchables, just because oh, I've only seen it once, so and it was a while ago. And But he's, I saw, I rewatched one of the scenes of like him, you know, it's that thing, if you, they send one of yours to the hospital, you send one of theirs to the morgue and yeah, all that. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, he's good. Good speech. It's a good speech. I'm so gonna, I know that speech, but I've not seen the film. Okay. I'm going to throw Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade down on there, because to Who me, else he, will, have? he will always be Henry Jones Sr. Yeah. But did you know he also turned down the role of Gandalf? He did. He also turned down he, one point percent of the taking. Oh, um, really? Yeah, he would have had four hundred and fifty million. Yeah, he. I, uh, it's interesting, but Ian McKellen is that role. And he, he is. Yeah. Um, from he was also supposed to originally be the role of Austin Powers' dad in Goldmember. Was he? Which would have been really interesting 
because he says he says that fat bastard is basically like a bad Sean Connery impression anyway. <laughs> Am I so, right in thinking he played King Arthur? In he something? plays King Arthur in First Night. Yes, that's right. With um, Julia or- Ormond, Julia Ormond, and Richard Gere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's it was a nice it's a nice little film. I can't remember it. He's got a nice bit part in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes, he did, oh, didn't he? As as the king, yes. who needs to kiss the bride. <laughs> <laughs> and then Entrapment, which was a nice little movie, nice movie with Catherine Zeta Jones. But you want to talk about age gaps in Hollywood? Like I'm supposed to actually believe these two could be like romantic oh, interests no, of no. each other, and I'm like, there is. Like, granted, he was he was like still winning like Sexiest Man Alive in the '60s, mm. right? But the Rock. I can't believe we didn't mention The Rock until now. Yeah, because that that him and Nicholas Cage it was a, it was a really funny odd couple kind of but it worked. thing. And he's like if James Bond like was caught and like was bitter. Yeah, which which works because he's James Bond. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, I, I think me, it was um, Highlander. See, oh, I never yes. saw Highlander. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, a big yeah. fan of Highlander when I was younger. Be and my and my also the Queen music is a big thing for me. So okay, yeah, that was a massive. And my parents had Medicine Man. They kept wanting to watch it. And I can just remember the one line mm. where it's like, I, I, I cured like the plague of the 20th century and I've lost the cure or something like that. <laughs> we could do with that now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> plague of the 21st century. Yeah, we, we definitely could. Yeah. So um, let's just do a quick thing with some shout outs. Really rapid fire. First, Richard, Debbie's lovely husband, Richard, got Yay. in contact with us about Sean Connery, of course. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bolton's English podcast. We also got to give a shout out to Dwayne Smith. I had drink in my mouth. Dwayne Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Emma Rose, it's a musical pod. Main Street Finance, who gave us some love on the Real Roundtable, but I believe they're the ones who are really eager to see a Rocky Horror episode. <laughs> cool. <laughs> me, so, too. Yeah. me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm me. Andrew Shevsky, who's usually one to talk to us about uh, the oh, Disney one, uh, yeah. got a hold of us to talk a little bit about Sean Connery. The Chris and Christine show, who said they loved the thing and offered their services as fill-in hosts. So you guys need to watch out because, or maybe I need to watch out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're coming for 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 my gig here. Uh, Ethan, yeah, we know Ethan who didn't end up ruining Halloween after oh, all. Oh, thank God! Thank God! <laughs> um, we love you, dude. We love Ethan. Uh, the F and Nerds podcast. Uh, Josh McKinney, Paul, and Griff. I listen to Paul. They're great because every time we put something out there, they they let everybody know that they're listening. Thank you, guys. And I listened to their episode on the nineteen eighty nine. Uh, Batman film, oh, cool. the Michael Keaton one, and they counted down their, their top Batmans at the end, their top mm. sixes. If you like lists, I love lists. They always do a top six at the end, so yeah, it's I a good this. list. And they go through uh, their favorite Batman, Batman, Batmans. Bat- Michael Keaton is my favorite. What is the plural of Batman? I imagine it's Batmans. Ba- Batman. Ba- ba- I'm inclined to go Batmans. Yeah, because it's not because we Batman because they're singular no. still. Yeah, 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 so yeah, I would yeah. go Batman's. Yeah, there's a level of detail, but you only get on this. <laughs> what's the grammatical? <laughs> what's, what's the grammatical plural of Batman? Um, Vic for recommending us to people not before coffee Tef and the Spyhards podcast thank you so much thank you and thank you everybody around the table because we hit 5,000 downloads Woo-hoo! this week come on which I was hoping to do before March and we've got there now wow and that's before good before November before November that's crazy so if we can get to 10,000 before March 10,000 before our one year anniversary Liam if we can get there yeah. we'll march towards I will use uh. I will use one of my picks to review Greece Oh. If we can get to 10,000, because Liam loves Greece. Love it. I do not. <laughs> but if we do, now if we don't, I will not use one of my picks. And I have watched this film with watching the extras in the background. Yeah. Completely all the way through. Yeah, I bet you have. So <laughs> that is my promise to you. So to on that note. Load new phones so he can download it. Ooh, I got chills go. multiplying. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm regretting things on so many levels. Why did you announce this so early? In We're going to have this every episode. 
It's electrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Don't encourage it. <laughs> but we are to, up. But but we got to shape up. So here we go. <laughs> um, so American president today. It is election yeah. day in the states when this drops. So cool. Am I correct? I'm the only one who's seen this. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So were you guys? Who's like Liam? You said you were aware of it. I'm aware of it, yeah. Debbie's got it. Were you aware of this? I was aware of this. Okay. Is this the one with Michael Douglas? It is one with Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah I'm Ellie? aware of it, yeah. Absolutely no knowledge of it at all. No knowledge of it whatsoever? Same. Same? Okay. Uh, I, I don't know how this ended up. Uh, I, I, well, I was thinking I want to do something for, for uh, Election Day. It was either this or Dave. Dave's a lovely film. We'll do that oh, at some point, Scotty too. Weaver. Yeah. Where she wears a dodgy wig. She does wear a dodgy wig. Very yeah. good. Uh, and so it was going to be one of the two. And I went with the American president because I kind of went... There's something about Aaron Sorkin and the way he writes. And we'll talk a lot about Aaron Sorkin as we go through. He's a screenwriter for this film. Cool. And he writes about the American presidency in the White House and the staff as though it's, it's that whole, uh, I serve at the, at, the, at the honor or the privilege of the president, the mm-hmm. pleasure of the president, whatever it is. But they speak of the office, the White House, with such uh, pageantry and emotion and majesty. And right now, you turn on the news and everybody's just yelling at everybody. And mm. kind of the idea of public service to the utmost is what you get with the Aaron Sorkin idea of the White House. Yeah. Is it, is it a liberal's dream? Absolutely it is. But it's, 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 it was a nice touch. And I thought a little, a little decorum would be quite nice. And therefore, a president that we could, you know, who's well-spoken. And, you know, these, and one of the great speeches in, in movie p- political president. Like, as far as movie presidents go, there's a really interesting topic. Oh, cool. Because, you know, there's lots of people who played the president on movies. from Day-Lewis, Lincoln. Li- well, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like more modern-day ones, like maybe Harrison Ford in Air Force One. Oh, yeah, Air Force Or One. Bill Pullman as, like, oh, you know, Independence Day? fighter pilot <laughs> yeah. president in Independence Day. <laughs> so where does Michael Douglas and how – where does his speech – because there's a speech he does near the end of the film, oh, okay. and it's fantastic. And I want to wave that up on sort of the big movie speeches because only Aaron Sorkin can write a certain type of speech. I look forward to it. So you yeah. know we had that really weird thing the other week when I heard – someone brought up Blossom on here, and I'd only just heard of Blossom, like, the day before. Yeah. Yeah, so I've just had the same same thing with Aaron Sorkin. Oh, really? Yeah. So as I was trying to look for a film for my next pick, mm-hmm. one of the ones I was looking for was written by Aaron Rem- Sorkin. W- oh, I think I might know what that is. I have, I'm not sure if I've picked it yet. No, that's not. fine. That's fine. But, um, but you know you've but- got a couple hours before you have to tell us what your pick is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. here we go. <laughs> so uh, this film, though, was directed by Rob Reiner. Oh, Rob And Reiner. do you remember what else we've done that Rob Reiner was a part of? Uh, Something we've reviewed? Yes. Oh. As you wish. Princess Bride. Yeah, Princess yeah, yeah. Bride. I have um, Stand By Me in my head. And I so thought, we haven't done that yet. We haven't done that, no. <laughs> Two very different films, though. This and Princess Bride, yeah, which yeah. you don't know yet. But um, And during, in preparation for this, Rob Reiner went to the, the White House many times. And for a couple days, he was allowed to just follow around Bill Clinton as he wow. went through his entire day. No, thankfully, Bill Clinton was the president at that was time. They weren't, they weren't like sneaking in together. Although that's a movie. That's a movie that's, I want to see. I want to see Bill, that. Bill Clinton, yeah, Rob yeah. Reiner sneak into like the George W. Bush White House. Was he, was he carrying his saxophone with him? <laughs> <laughs> and so it came out in the summer of, uh, I don't know if it was the summer, but it came out in 1995, uh, directed by Reiner, written by Sorkin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically is about a president who's a widower who pursues a relationship with an environmental lobbyist. Uh, and she's just moved to Washington, D.C., but at the same time, it's also an election year. So that's kind of our framework for the film we're going to do. Is that Annette Benning? It is Annette Benning. Oh, I do remember this. She's good. She's good. I, remember, I, I, don't, remember, I don't know her from anything. I remember the poster more than anything. Yeah, it, it is one of those posters that sort of has – Yeah. It just looks like a, like, like, like a political sort it does, of – Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Aaron Sorkin has since told TV Guide he wrote the screenplay while he was high on crack cocaine. <laughs> 
Nice. Nice. The first draft was 385 pages long. Now, that sounds long, but it's going to sound even longer when I tell you that industry standard is you write one page per minute. Yeah. So 385 minutes is six hours and 25 minutes of screenplay. So, um, and you would think that if you were on that, then surely that m- and much would mean that, you know, everyone went, okay, it's clearly your work. Well, is actually, there a screenplay cut? <laughs> oh, geez, can you imagine? They just filmed everything. Yeah. Um, so a gentleman by the name of William Reichert uh, sued the Writers Guild of America over not being credited on the screenplay of the film. Reichert claimed Sorkin's screenplay was a thinly veiled plagiarism of his own 1981 screenplay, The President Elopes. Uh, and after the Writers Guild arbitrated, Sorkin was awarded full credit. Oh. Uh, Riker then tried to do the same thing with the West Wing and, again, lost that one as well. And there will be – and it's kind of cool that Debbie's here because there's certain things here that will clearly show fingerprints of what would later show up because the West Wing is another Aaron Sorkin piece. He does this and then he does the, the West Wing for TV right afterwards. Oh, okay. So there is that idea. And they do share – this idealized idea of a White House. They do share uh, a lot of ideologies and also some faces that show up between the two films. And uh, some of the dialogue in the two are actually almost identical. So we will take a look as we go through and just sort of highlight. We don't want to be a West Wing episode. It's not what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. But the bits where we go, hey, he's, you know, the idea was so nice, he used it twice. That kind of stuff. Again, I've never seen West Wing. So, so it's a romance. So that's oh, nice. what we're that's what we're in, in for today. It's funny, like it's light. Yeah. Uh, and it's and big characters, but that's kind of what we're in the mood for. So everybody feeling all right about the American president? Mm-hmm. I'm indeed. I mean, not the current one, but the film. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't know who the current one is. Oh, true. This is up Tuesday. Live, yeah. It's like Schrodinger's election. Until <laughs> we open the really box, weird. we don't, don't know like who that. the president we're is. We're just biding our time. Is right? it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the second Biden joke you've made yeah. today. <laughs> you know like what? One. And the fact that you used two. Bam! It, tr- went down. it, tr- it trumps the one that I was going to have. Oh, so there we go. Anything uh, can trump you always like to talk Trump. I'll tell you what. Ethan is predicting a Kanye West presidency. <laughs> 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 so we, we might wake up on Wednesday and go, hello, President Kanye. Thank you very much. Wouldn't be mm. mad at it. Oh, jeez. Like, ironically so. It's not go easy. For it. It's not easy being Yeezy. Oh. oh don't do that. So we are None gonna, of us are cool enough to say easy. I, I think I say it ironically. <laughs> so we are going to grab some food. We are going to watch The American President, and we will catch you on the flippity-flap. The flippity-flip-flop. And we are back. Mm-hmm. That was all right. That was good. I quite like that. Yeah. I really didn't think I was going to enjoy this, but... I can stop smiling all the way through. You really were a smiley smiler son on that. He was oh, crying at one point. Were you? Oh, but yeah. Oh. It was sweet. You do. You you, you resonate emotionally with, 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 with certain movies in certain ways. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And certain characters too. Yeah, yeah but see, I think that's more than anything else. You seem to identify with a certain character type because yeah. like uh, A League of Their Own, yeah, I think the whole uh, Kit and um, oh, Dottie storyline really resonated with you and I think there's something mm. about you of an underdog or someone who feels like they're being held down or yeah, yeah. and you have an emotional response to that so I do. well done you thanks you, you are a human being <laughs> <laughs> with emotions my emotions <laughs> my emotions emotions so um, speaking of emotions we start off the film with this lovely um, introductory title sequence with mm. lots of images of like paintings and things in the white house and a lovely a lovely theme 
beautiful thing. Yeah, it's done by composer Mark Scheinman, who I don't know from really anything else. No. Um, but it, it, uh, it's, it does exist else, outside of here as well. It also exists, if you queue, in the Soarin' Over California, in Disney's California Adventure. <laughs> a little, little pause for the parks on this podcast. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, and actually, it was also used as the background music in ABC's television coverage of Ronald Reagan's funeral. Wow. Yeah, so talk about like yeah. art actually yeah. becoming like like life in that regard. So yeah. And then we meet Andrew Shepard. Andrew Shepard, of course, played by Michael Douglas. In see, when I first saw this, I was I was quite young. I mean, I think it was ninety five or ninety six when this yeah. came out. So I was about sixteen, seventeen. So I didn't really know this is my introduction to Michael Douglas in many ways. And my stepdad told me this Michael Douglas is pretty pretty soft for Michael Douglas. And I was like, oh, really? Because I didn't know about any of his earlier stuff. But oh, you see, I, I saw um, Romance in the Stone. Romance in the Stone. Uh, Jewel of the Nile. Is he in Fatal Attraction? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, like, yeah. he was doing stuff like that. And yeah. Disclosure and you know disclosure, sexually yeah. charged yes. kind of films. And then you get a very squeaky clean version of Michael Douglas mm. in this. And uh, originally, uh, this, the production company for this film is the production company owned by Robert Redford. Oh, the, the actor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so um, he approached a number of screenwriters with the single line pre- premise of The President Elopes. And then Aaron Sorkin eventually jumps on. But before he did, early versions of the script depicted President Andrew Shepard as a military veteran and formal special ops agent. Uh, Rob Reiner dis- discussed the lead role with, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Bruce Willis. What? And even more crazy, Steven Seagal. <laughs> Oh my god! Before Aaron Sorkin's rewrite turned him into an academic and not oh, a military okay. commander, so Sorkin, on the basis of the treatment, was selected by Redford to write the screenplay with the expectation that Robert Redford himself would star. But then Robert Redford and Rob Reiner did not get along, uh, and um, uh, Redford ultimately drops out. Um, at the time, the publicist attributed uh, Redford's desire uh, to drop out was order because he wanted to do a love story, but Reiner wanted to do something that was more about politics. But m- most people seem to think it was a personality conflict between yeah. the two of them. Sounds like it. So uh, in real life, Michael Douglas is actually distantly related to several U.S. presidents. Ooh. Throughout their uh, common English uh, Baldwin family ancestry, he's related to Richard Nixon, both Bushes, and Barack Obama. Wow. And we get introduced to him in a way that goes, we should learn to like this guy because he's walking with his little aide doing a typical Aaron Sorkin walk and talk, which is very much a West Wing thing. And um, we find out that what he really wants is more events where people give him really big fish, (laughs) which I thought was cute. And it makes you like, and we find out that Lewis is waiting for him and he goes, oh no. And we're going, well, who's Lewis Rothschild going to be? Well, Lewis Rothschild is going to be Michael J. Fox. Marty McFly himself, yeah. Can- Canada's own Michael J. Fox. Absolutely. Um, and he based his portrayal of Lewis Rothschild on uh, Bill Clinton staffer George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos who uh, you might remember, he's got a show on like CNBC, not you'd remember that. But I, was gonna, I recognize the name. There's, he's mentioned in an episode of Friends. Where they uh, talk I was going to say, I recognize that yeah. name. And, yeah. the, and the girls are like, oh, he looks like George Stephanopoulos. Oh, like the little one? The little yeah. Yeah. George Stephanopoulos. Yeah, I love that guy. That's <laughs> it, yeah. And so before the movie started shooting, Michael J. Fox was still keeping his Parkinson's a secret. And so he felt that if, they found out he had Parkinson's, he'd lose the role. So when he's doing the fitness screening for insurance purposes before, mm. um, he was worried that uh, the, the doctors would notice his left hand kept tremoring. 
and um, eventually go, this is obviously Parkinson's. But uh, he took his medication in time to stop the shaking, and the test amounted to nothing more than just checking your heart rate and your blood pressure. I'm like, all right, out the door. <laughs> so maybe much ado about nothing, but yeah. And actually, this helped Michael J. Fox because the concept for this show was set in motion after the writers had seen Michael J. Fox uh, for, in this film and decided to sp- spin city. Uh. And went, we need a show where like Michael J. Fox is doing what he's doing here, but he's the main character. Yeah. And so Spin City was born, where instead of playing uh, the aide to the president, he plays the aide and speechwriter to the, the uh, mayor of New York City, where the mayor is Barry Boswick from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And? And? And he was the very first person to play Danny Zuko on stage. Barry Bostwick. Barry Bostwick. Not Michael J. Fox. No. That would be a film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry Bostwick. Um, and so um, Aaron Sorkin also and Michael J. Fox were born on the exact same day, in the exact same year, June 9th, 1961. See, I thought Sorkin was so much older than everybody else. Mm. But yeah, that's uh, quite interesting. Um, and so then we have the briefing with Lewis. And we find out the president went off script, literally. The night yeah. before, and he missed part of a big paragraph and said, Americans can no longer pretend to believe they live in a great society. And then he just stops talking. And that's going to be a theme they're going to pull on throughout the rest of the film. And we found out the president's got 63% job approval. And that's pretty good. Yeah, it means that, you know, you're probably going to win an election with that sort of numbers. And we meet Mrs. Chapel. Mrs. Chapel just seems she's this lovely old lady who just kind of gives information about the personal life and just seems to know about state flowers, and that's her role here. Is she the... Um the older, deep-voiced one. She's the older. She's the oldest lady there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like her. We thought she might have been from Mrs. Doubtfire as the woman who goes in and checks in on, um, yeah, on I, Robin I Williams to make sure that he's adjusting to his to his new apartment and the kids can stay there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did think she was familiar. Yeah, and we also meet, we meet in so many characters at this point. We meet Robin, and Robin, I think the actress who plays her shows up in the West Wing. I think. Yes. So yeah, um, Anna Davis Smith played Nancy in The West Wing. She was the national security advisor. So yeah, she is one of the. I have a list I've written down of the Sorkin players um, that kind of go around with Aaron Sorkin, and most of them did pop up. Okay. <laughs> and then we've got uh, we meet Martin Sheen, and Martin Sheen uh, is the chief of staff in this. He of course will play the president. Uh, is it Andrew Bartlett? Josiah Bartlett. Josiah Bartlett in the West Wing. Yeah. So he gets his, his sort of crack at it at being on the sides here. And uh, we find out that there's a, uh, an environment bill where some of uh, the, um, the environmental lobby wants 20% of fossil fuel emissions to be removed. They want, we can't get that to pass, but we'll do 10%. And the idea being that 10% is not going to do much of anything, but it will pass. Yeah. Just like the president's got a crime bill that won't really do much of anything, but it might pass. So you can say I've passed legislation. Will that actually do anything? No, but it seems pretty good if you're trying to win an election. Mm. And we meet, I mean, we meet Leon. I mean, I forget what Leon's actual name is, his, his, uh, the actor's name is, but he's in everything. He's in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel as, a, uh, as, an, as an agent, but he crashes into the ficus plant, and this is kind of his role. Usually he's to about three feet to the left of Billy Crystal in uh, those films. Okay. I did not recognize him from Mrs. Maisel. Did you not? No. He, he's the talent scout. who. Just, yeah. yeah, I know exactly okay. who he is now. I've just looked at him again, but yeah. I was like, what? Who? Did, did you happen to catch what his name was? It's, um, is it David Painter? One second. I uh, yes, it's David Paymer. Paymer. So I was close. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so we have the morning meeting that's taking place here now, and we, we play catch-up. 60... 
Let's try it again. And we sort of play catch up. We find out when they got elected in, it was by one of the slimmest margins in history. And now they have a 63% job approval rating. And we've got to put through the crime bill, but not with handguns. Handguns will come after until after the election. And it's really Lewis, played by Michael J. Fox, who's got an issue with this. He really wants to go. He does, doesn't he? Wouldn't it be good if, like, you know, to stop crime, probably we got rid of guns that might help stop crime? And they're going, I hear you, but we need to fight the fights we can win. And that becomes sort of a theme for – it's really a theme for his presidency here. Mm-hmm. Let's fight the fights that we can win, and re- whether they're worth it or not. But Michael J. Fox, uh, Louis Rothschild, says, let's take the 63% out for a spin see what it can do. And uh, then we switch to the Global Defense Council where we meet uh, Fraser's dad, Martin Crane, <laughs> yeah. played by uh, John Mahoney. I believe his name is Leo, Leo McNamara in yeah. this. And he's yelling – at this woman who works for him. And I think in Frasier, they end up like getting together in the final season, that actor and that actress. Yes, they do. The characters, they get together. Yeah, yeah so it's a little bit of a... And this is right in the middle of Frasier's yeah, run. Yeah, I, t- wow. I checked, because Frasier was 93, so Frasier was yeah. really quite well established. So he'd be established here. Yeah. He's getting a little bit of love in, in films, and he's going to bring in a lobbyist. And we find out it's going to be Sidney Ellen Wade, but we haven't really met her yet. Uh, then we find out back at the White House, the president's cousin is sick, so he's going to have to go stag. And Robin off I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Robin offhandedly says, well, sure, we've never gone badly parading you as a lonely widower before. And then she goes, Ooh. I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. Is it believable that would just slip out? No. First thing in the morning. Late at night, you're not, you haven't, you know, you're, you're fatigued, maybe. Yeah. But, if you were in the middle of a fight and you're in the as well. It might, like, yeah, in the moment. If she had said it to like AJ, or if she had yeah. said it to somebody else, sure. But to say it to him, yeah. I thought the script in these first few scenes was quite wooden. Anyway, oh, it seemed really what? sort of <laughs> expos- particularly in the elevator at the start. Um, oh. But yeah, there was a lot of kind of expositional elevator? stuff. Yeah, but just as they go up to meet Lewis, Lewis is like waiting as the oh, elevator doors open. Oh, okay, um, and they're they're talking about. Lewis, as they're in the elevator. Oh. And it's long, long. Well, the idea is, can you set up the character before you meet him? Yeah. And it's hard to introduce yeah. people organically, but I thought if you're going to get like four minutes in, we've got movies happening. Then, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You once, have to have once you got past those first few bits, it did get yeah. far less like that. In fact, I didn't notice it for the rest of the film, but the first few, first couple of scenes, I was okay. just like, oh my God, really? And I'll say this. President Shepard's really good about letting Robin off the hook. Yeah. Because you can tell she's one. She's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. You know, some people might go, "Are we good?" And he's going, "No, <laughs> it's fine." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get introduced to Lucy and her trombone. And I don't know if this kid was like really learning how to play the trombone, but like seventy percent of a scene she was going to be in, that trombone's coming coming to the party. Uh, and there's a real nice back and forth between the little girl who plays Lucy and, and Michael Douglas. It felt Very nice. It felt warm. It did. And she wasn't like precocious twelve year old. No. She was just this genuine kid with oh, I thought I thought they nailed the casting. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and we out, ironically, she's failing and struggling with her social studies, and um, so President Shepard's like, "Well, I'm going to give you uh, this this old history textbook. I want to talk about it over dinner." So we get the idea that he truly not only loves. The government not only loves the presidency, but just loves the idea of what America is. Yeah. So much so that he's like, you have to learn this because he like, he gets like excited by the, the 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 first like two lines of the Constitution. Yeah, and it's just going. It's just really nice. And this this level of again, it, it's a very liberal fantasy, but this idea of just such absolute love with the 
with the experiment that is America. Mm. I think Alex de Tocqueville called it the great experiment. And he's like, he's 100% in on this. And as he goes to leave, though, Lucy starts playing Hail to the Chief on the trombone. <laughs> That's funny. Which was a nice That's moment. Touch. I'm really hoping the actress who plays it is actually, it looks like she's actually playing it. I'm yeah. pretty sure she was, yeah. Yeah. Good um, honor. I really appreciated her her trombone playing. Even, <laughs> yeah, even though it was awful. Because I'm because I'm a brass player, I can get away with bad brass playing because yeah. I've taught it. So I understand like when it goes wrong. But if it's any other instrument, I'm like, <laughs> which instantly sounded like a bad violin <laughs> <laughs> or a bleating sheep. Yeah, similar. <laughs> And this is the first, and then we have three bro meetings, I'm calling them, throughout this uh, session. And bro meeting number one takes place outside the Oval Office when um, AJ keeps calling Andrew Mr. President. Mm. And, he's like, yeah. and we get some exposition. You were the best man at my wedding. And actually, given the... Oh, now this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I didn't mind this because he's trying to say, you need to call me Andy. Come on, yeah. you were my best man. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he might not say at my wedding, but this is believable. No, come on. How can you do this? We've known each other for this many years. Yeah, yeah. They said, if he'd gone, we were both professors together at the University of Wisconsin. <laughs> We've been best friends since we were eight years old. And you like that would be a bit much. But the yeah, idea you're yeah. best man at my wedding. You're my best friend. Call me Andy. That yeah. felt organic to me. Yeah, it did. It did to me. And of course, AJ just says, Yes, sir, Mr. President. Yeah. <laughs> With irony there, I think. And he just kind of smiles. But yeah. the idea is, here's my line. No, you, as long as you are, it's very West Wing. The idea so that Wing. you are the office right now. Yeah. And yeah, you're my friend, but you are the office. And I can't distinguish. And a large part of this movie is actually how do these characters feel about the idea that you have to try and separate this character, this, this person, this human being from the office he holds. And every character really struggles with this. And that's a huge yeah. premise. Like, is the president allowed to date? But, you know, how do you view this person? Can he just ever be Andrew Shepard? Yeah. Yeah. Which he's always fighting to be, isn't he? Mm. He is. But he's also fighting to win an election to stay yeah. Mr. President. Mm. And then we meet Sidney Ellen Wade, because she's about to go to the White House. And Sidney Ellen Wade, originally, originally, they wanted a British actress for this role. Okay. Not to play a Brit, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that might have been... No, I think I think she has to be American for this for this, so. for this story to work. Um, Emma Thompson. Oh, okay. Aww. Which might have been interesting because she can do genuine. Not that I, mean, I, I, I thought that Benning was great mm. in this film. I thought she was really good. Oh, I thought she was amazing. Uh, other people who were up in the running: uh, Susan, Michelle Sor- Pfeiffer, Susan oh, Sarandon, Pfeiffer. Jessica Lange, <laughs> yeah, and Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> <laughs> Did you actually know that, Ellie? Oh my god! No, I was making a joke. Oh, about yeah. Liam Michelle Pfeiffer. His- <laughs> Sorry, Annette, but Michelle no, I, just melted on the floor. I think I think that that whole wholesome thing disappears a bit because Michelle Pfeiffer has a sexual energy about her. She does, as I think you prove every time we talk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for that woman, oh. but so I think Annette Benning was a good choice. Um, I think I think outside of Emma Thompson, I think I, I, I get Annette Benning the most. I would, yeah. 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 And Annette Benning, I thought she did brilliantly. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I, I don't really She did a lot of acting with her eyes. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So good. Um, and so uh, Annette Benning was supposed to star with Michael Douglas in Disclosure, which came out Ooh. the previous year, but had to bow out because she was pregnant. So I think oh. Disclosure goes to Demi Moore. Yeah, it does. Yeah, which, I mean, she, Demi Moore is younger, isn't she? Is she is a lot younger. Yeah, yeah. And that's a different vibe. Because in the Disclosure, I believe the woman, like, sexually harasses her boss. I think so. I, that's, that's I so think long ago since I saw it. I don't know if it's a boss, but she sexually harasses Because I always him. get that mixed up with Slither. Is that what it's called? Don't know. Slither or Silver? 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 I think... Both Michael Douglas movies. I oh, think. really? Disclosure is the, the one the where Demi Moore is sexually harassing him. 
Oh, okay. And then the idea of can a man be sexually harassed? Really interesting kind of – especially for 94, like, yeah. like kind of a big deal. Or was I yeah. thinking of Basic Instinct? I can't remember. Oh, basic Instinct, Sharon Stone and the leg cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so this is where Sydney goes to the White House. And um, they're trying to get in. And Sydney's – I don't know what her colleague's name was. The one with the swoopy hair who ends up oh, with Martin Crane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The dark haired one. Yeah. And she's kind of going, and Sydney's going, hi, I'm Sydney Ellen Wade. I'm from Virginia. And she's very much like wide-eyed girl. Oh, it's my first time to the White House. And she's like, and her friend's like, well, friend, her colleague's like, he doesn't care. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you know, it's got a very Capra-esque feeling to it. Just, he doesn't even know who Frank Capra is. At which point I'm like, whoa, bit, bit much. The only and, thing I will say about this scene is that she raises her voice like she knows he's there. Or, or is it for the audience? It's just, it didn't feel right. Okay. Me. Frank Capra, um, of course, was the director of It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, okay. Amongst other things. Most of them. And um, on top of that, it's interesting, though, that Capra's grandson was the first assistant director of this film. Uh, so, so, so granddaddy got, got a name drop. That's nice. Um, and so then we have uh, a meeting between uh, AJ and the GDC. And, oh, her name's Susan, I've just written down on my notes. So yes, there we it go. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got my notes. Sydney is a rock star. Susan is not because <laughs> Susan's all like we, we you know we it's, it's time for us to go and Sydney basically lays out exactly what the plan is like she's read the briefing notes without you know without having access to them and goes AJ's not going to let us leave until he gives us the bad news and uh, then she says that if uh, if Andrew Shepard feels that ten percent is you know a good deal then he's the chief executive of Fantasyland now unbeknownst yeah. to her Andrew Shepard has snuck in the back door as he promised he would and without missing a beat he goes well let's take him out back and. Be Beat the shit out of him. <laughs> it's such a great line. Which was great. And she's flustered. And he's smitten from like minute one. Because she's treating him like a normal person. Well, when he's, he's not, not used to being challenged. Yeah. When he's like, not. When she doesn't way. know he's there, though. Yeah, but how many people would be oh, in the White enough. House and would be yep. chomping at the bit, if you like? Especially when it's approval rate 63%. Like, no one's going to war with him. It no. seems pretty easy. Yeah. And so he wants a moment, and he says, let's go someplace a little less intimidating. <laughs> and he then says to his aide, show him his way to the rec room. And, of course, the rec room is the Oval Office. No. It's the office office. It's the, yeah, he's, he's the office office. I couldn't believe that. Uh, and then we have uh, so this extensive White House set of both the East and West Wings was built on the Castle Rock Entertainment lot in Culver City. It would later be used for the films Nixon and Independence Day, and it would be used, of course, in the West Wing. But this was not originally that the Oval Office set itself was not originally constructed for this. The, the Oval Office was constructed for Dave, the film we talked about just ah. before the break. So, you know, White House films and TV shows were kind of of its time at that point. And it kind of yeah. became, we've got one of those. Why not? Don't, don't remake it. We've yeah. got a good one. Um, and so actually, if you think about Dave, the West Wing, and um, the American president, uh, the woman Anna Devere Smith, who plays Robin, has been in all three of those. Yeah. Wow. So she's they're like presidential movie, yeah. We I'm in. We got we got her. She's just <laughs> yeah. she just hangs around looking for work on presidential movies. So just go ahead. Why not? And she gets my vote. And we noticed that when they're talking to each other, there was a two shot, but they're so far apart. Yes. That. There's all this space in the middle. They're doing really good social distancing. They're they are doing really good social distancing. And uh not so much later in the film. No. <laughs> no, no, no. And he'll make Sydney a deal. If she can swing 24 votes for the environment 20% bill, he'll get her the last 10. And as he starts talking, he starts moving, and that literally bridges the distance between them as yeah. this is happening. 
and we get this has to happen by the State of the Union, and this gives us our timeline for the film. So it's going to be sixty nine days or seventy two days, whatever it is, and that's our timeline. Um, and then he asks if she wants to go out for a donut. <laughs> Have you eaten? Want a cup of coffee? Maybe a donut? And she comes up with this big thing, but I might have been flustered, but I want you to know you need to take us seriously. And da, da, da. and she's doing what she's supposed to do. She's a pit bull, we're told. And she's doing the pit bull thing and then goes to storm out, but chooses the wrong door. And he goes, <laughs> you can't do that. And she thinks, like, you can't storm out on me. And she goes, why not? And he goes, well, because what, what's going to stop me? And he goes, we go through that door. It's the Secret Service. <laughs> <laughs> so she can't even get that to win, right? And then we go back to our second bro meeting. And this is the, uh, this starts with... We get the idea that late-night pool sessions between Andrew Shepard and AJ are a thing. It's like a wind-down thing, isn't it? Yeah, a wind-down, and basically it's the smallest of meetings that they yeah, will yeah, have. Yeah, Him yeah. and his chief of staff going, what do we want to do? What are our plans for the future? More informal, isn't it? And uh, AJ calls him Mr. President, and he goes, you won't even call me by my name when we're shooting pool? Mm-hmm. And AJ, without missing a beat, goes, I will not do it shooting pool. I will not do it in a school. I will not eat green eggs and ham. I will not do it Sam I am. George, did you appreciate the Dr. Seuss reference? I did, yes. I did yeah. like the Dr. Seuss. You've been, you been quiet so far, so I thought I'd throw you that one. Yeah, no, the beginning of this film I really was not with. Okay. Um, I really struggled with a lot of the presidential talk because I I don't watch the West Wing. I don't, I don't have any either. American it, history is it, is it just knowledge. That, that sort of mental. Um, there was a block. Knowledge block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was it was definitely it was a massive knowledge block. So it took until we met Sydney that I was kind of going. I think I know what's going on here, but I don't know what a lobbyist is. I don't know what any of these staff members are. Yeah. I don't. It was really quite. I was going. Do you understand what a lobbyist is now? Not really. Lobbyists are she- brought in by other parties, and their job isn't to be good environmentalists. Her job is just to go in and talk to politicians and get them to and believe fight their cause. the way the people who are paying her paycheck make them believe. So she might get hired next week by an anti-tobacco group or a pro-tobacco group, and her job is to talk to politicians and get them to vote. The so way she that- doesn't actually care about the environment? Uh, in, in, in a literal sense? Yeah. It doesn't matter. So we don't. I would say we don't know. She, she definitely makes us believe she cares about the environment because she gets up on her high horse for someone yeah. who's, who's effectively mm. a mercenary. Yeah, this is, I was really confused by this. This I, I think it's this story. Yeah, in a different setting, okay. I'd have loved. Oh, okay. But I, there was just such a big block with all of the terminology. Okay, and obviously because it's not explained because it's made for an American audience who know what okay. this is already, and I'm going. Uh, so, feeling like a so, right dunce. So instead of the American president, if it was the American gardener. Yeah, that'd be fine. You're, you're, you're with I got the rose. I got the rose bit. Oh, the rose bit there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, the conversation keeps going, and um, oh, I mean, I will give you this about the idea of things feeling wooden. Like, is this the first time they've been shooting pool? And he's like, "You won't even call me by name now when we're shooting pool." Like that might have come up earlier. Yeah. But I still, I love the relationship between AJ and Andrew Shepard. I do. I think okay. it's great um, because they tell it as it is. There's respect. Yeah, you can they, tell there's history there. Yeah, and that's yeah, going to yeah. be really hard to create. Yeah. Like, you got the feeling. Like, I, I know it's Martin Sheen. I know it's Michael Douglas. But I believed they were people who had known each other for 35 years. Yeah. And they come up together. Um, and so we find out. And Andrew Shepard's kicking ass when he's shooting pool. He's hitting every shot. He's very good. And then all of a sudden, um, AJ drops the name Sidney Wade and he completely misses the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say anything about me? <laughs> And she says, well, why? How did it go? And Andrew Shepard goes, well, she threatened me. I patronized her. We didn't need, but I thought there was a connection. <laughs> this is how I would like to date people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the relationship I want with someone with, I'm dating. Without the food? No, no, no. With the food as oh, okay. well. But like, that would be my outlier. I'd be like, well, we didn't have food, but I think it went well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, he, and 
Andrew asks, hypothetically, what would happen if I went on a date? And he goes, well, the, Andrew goes, the president can't just go on a date. He said, if you're looking for female companionship. He's yeah, like, no, no, I know, right? I don't want a girl. <laughs> I, just, I just want to, you know, I'm a single man. I want to ask someone out on a date. And he goes, this isn't the business of the American people. And, you know, as would be, I mean, can you imagine in like a world with like Twitter how the president would respond mm. to this? But AJ goes, the American people seem to have their own way of deciding what is and isn't their business. They do. Fair enough. Yeah. But then he goes, not as my chief of staff, but as my best friend, what were you saying? He says, give her a give call. Give her a call. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's completely different if he's like, no. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I just fa- discovered why I find um, Martin Sheen so likable in this. Okay. Um, because he's in Grace and Frankie and he plays the really sweet old gay guy. <laughs> One be, of the really sweet fair, old gay they're guys. Both, they're both old and sweet. Um, yeah. But what, he, in he's Grace the, and Frankie? Yeah, he's the shorter yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise what I, what I recognised him from because I was looking at other stuff no. and I was like, well, I've seen that, but it's not oh. that that I recognise him from and it's Grace and Frankie. He's in the seven-hour war epic Apocalypse Now. He is indeed, yeah. Uh, he's also in Wall Street. He is. Yeah, he's very good. Oh, he's in, in The Departed. I know, yeah. yeah. But I was like, that's not what I'm... Rec- that's not what's That wasn't your first introduction. Okay. No. Um. If you, Georgia, you might remember from The Departed, he takes a long walk off of a building. The gas is in my head. I really okay. have no <laughs> idea what's going on. <laughs> um, and, so, um, and so then we have the phone call. And just before the president phones, of course, there's like some friend who we never really, I guess, is this Josh Molina's character, I guess? Yeah. Okay. Who's, who we haven't really been introduced to yet, though. No. So she keeps calling, is it George? Is that what his name is? David. Dave. Oh, anyway, okay. anyway, she's going. I don't want to hear Andrew Shepard impression. I want to go to sleep and wake up with a new president. Now, some of you, Richard. Richard, that's it. Sure, it's Richard. It's David. No, I mean the person she's talking to is Richard. Yeah. 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 So it's some other character. I don't know who it is. Just some guy. Oh, right. mm. And goes, I just want to go to sleep and wake up with a new president. And for some of you on Tuesday, that might just happen for yeah. you in the United States. You might go to sleep tonight if you're listening to this on day one. And you might wake up with a new president-elect at the very least. Mm-hmm. And then Andrew Shepard, wouldn't you believe it? He phones right after this. And <laughs> she doesn't believe it. And she decides to double down. And I said last week how stupid it was of a different Sydney. Uh, Sydney, Sydney Prescott. Prescott to go outside and like pretend to pick her nose is like her bluff call. Yeah. Now, if you're Sydney Ellen Wait, I know the low ri- the risk reward ratio is pretty low in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But you have to think you did meet the president that day. So There's, she I was know. in the White House yeah. that day. Yeah. Like if she hadn't the White been. House, she had a moment. So you must have. And he seemed interested. Like he seemed interested. Yeah. He asked her for a donut. And now that is the biggest sign of approval. It is <laughs> from the president as the well. President. Like that's like you got to believe he's got the, you got to believe he's got the good donuts. You know what I'm saying? Like not the store bought Krispy Kremes, no, no, like no, the, no, no, the no. artisan, yeah. handmade with mm. love donuts. Well, yeah. I think the Krispy Kremes are getting like freshly made and delivered within the hour. Well, no, you know, the Krispy Kremes aren't that good. No, no. Have you ever oh, had? Have you ever had a brand new Krispy Kreme? Like oh, from the baker, because in, no. in America you can get them like like literally minutes out of out of the process. Are they still warm? Or oh, and it's like half. It just like it just, it just melts. Oh. I am actually quite hungry. You don't want you don't want one of the ones with the fancy stuff on it. Just a plain one. And I've just, never had oh, a plain one. Oh, it just I've never melts. Had a plain one either. Get a plain one. Put it in the microwave for like ten seconds. Mm. It doesn't take very long, and just it just sort of sinks. Mm. Oh, it's fantastic. Okay, okay. We should do an episode okay. on donuts. Food review? <laughs> <laughs> find a donut. Best food ever. Best food yeah. ever. And, we, and we, we should taste every single donut. Best, best movie food ever. There's, there, there's a round <laughs> table for us one day. What is, what, is your, what is your movie? Actually, that's a great idea. Yeah. What is your movie what is food of choice? Yes. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. 
Well, well we got November's Leah, but we'll talk maybe in the future. We can think about best movie food ever. Let's Definitely that. that buffet they have in Hook, where it's all imaginary food, but oh. it like looks amazing. Bangarang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and so back to my point about Sydney Prescott. And the, and the, and the <laughs> she goes, "Here's my play. I forgot to tell you what a nice ass you have." Beautiful. <laughs> and then. She hangs up on him, and Andrew Shepard just looks at the phone and goes, this used to be easier. <laughs> and so he phones her again and says, hang up, and phone 456-1414. Give him your name and say you want to talk to the president. Does he say, if you hang up with me again, I'll cut you like a fish? No, he didn't say oh, that. Oh, he didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Sydney. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> You hang up with me again, I'll cut you like a fish, you understand? That would have been great. <laughs> I want to play a game, Sydney. Ethan, if you are listening, I want you to mix up some audio from that. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Please, can you edit this? This is a request from your commander in chief. Please make this happen. That'd be brilliant. For the record, four five six one four one four is the actual number of the White House. Yeah, it's is used it? in the West. It as is. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she goes, "Well, how?" So do is you- that no secret then? No. What the number for the White yeah, House? Yeah. Well, it's not his personal extension. No, no. Really? But yeah. But- yeah. Oh, really? It's a government yeah. building. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you could Google most government buildings like main switch yeah. line and yeah. get as long as long as they're willing to admit that it exists and what it's there for, you can probably get a phone number for it. Yeah. yeah. Should we, should we call, the, should we call them now ID. and see if we can get through? Hi, you're on a, you're on a podcast here. <laughs> Trump <laughs> would though, wouldn't he? So actually, I think Donald Trump. We, we we either would be like put on a list, yeah. or, or we'd get like 90 minutes with him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Deep polar extremes. <laughs> uh, and so, how do you get this number? And he goes, oh, I don't know, the FBI maybe. And then he tries, okay, I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop stalling. I'm gonna, and he asks her out. And her response is, you've asked me to join you in representing our country. I'm honored. I'm equal to the task. I won't let you down, sir. And he goes, it's dinner. We won't be doing espionage or anything. <laughs> and she goes, okay. And they hang up and they make, and there's the plan. This nice woman's going to call you. And here's the important part. When she tells you who she is, please believe her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he hangs up and then he looks at the phone like, ah, did all right there. I like the nice little quips. They're nice. And we have the update. And um, the White House is 16 votes short on the crime bill with 69 days to go. And at the, it just so happens that at the Global Defense Council, they have a similar board. Mm-hmm. And they have 23 exactly votes with 69 board. days to go. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know. The props department. I didn't really understand the votes and days to go okay. thing. So either. what the votes means is congressmen will either have they to go. settled and on 24 vote. and 10. It's two different bills. Uh, see, this I did okay. not understand. So, that. so the president is trying to arrange numbers for his crime bill. So anything in the uh, White okay. House is them trying to get people and congressmen to say yes, I will vote on your side on that vote, and they don't want to send it to the floor unless they can have the votes. Because if you send it to the floor and you don't win, uh, you'll, you'll, you don't you'll, have you'll, the votes. You don't have the votes. You, you don't, don't have the votes. So this is my only only experience with American presidency is Hamilton. So yeah. in that opening sequence when I saw John Adams, I was like i know who that is <laughs> he wasn't very good he wasn't very good he was shit <laughs> yeah. so that's the, that's the reason why you have two different numbers on two different boards okay they're both trying to get votes passed but different votes but this is because it was the same deadline i think that was throwing me off yeah. i was like what uh, state of, it, we're trying to get the idea that state of the union is important what is what is that state of the union is a couple times a year um i think the state of the union is a couple times a year it might be once a year i think it's um, once a year the president addresses both uh, both houses simultaneously and basically gives them an update on how the country's going. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Basically, just in modern days, it's just a chance for the president to say things and they count the number of times he gets standing ovations. Yeah. It's just really, oh, okay. it's really it's PR. A, it's a real pageant thing. Yeah. Uh, but See, folks, not only is this podcast fun, 
It's fun and educational. That's educational. Right. <laughs> it's it's infotainment. Entertainment. Edu- yes. Uh, we put the fun in dysfunctional. <laughs> I, I am the fun in dysfunctional. <laughs> um, and so uh, we also meet Josh Molina here. Yeah. And, and Debbie, how do you know Josh Molina? I know Josh Molina because as an avid West Wing fan, um, Josh Molina and Rishi Hirway started a podcast called The West Wing Weekly, um, which was due to review every single West Wing episode. That was their plan. Um, and so, and they did that. It started off quite small. It got bigger. They managed to catch up with cast members and crew members, and they'd review every single episode. And they actually just finished doing that in January. Oh, really? Okay. Just finished it in January. And uh, last week, they actually dropped a new episode because of the HBO Max West Wing special that they did. And um, I did send him a tweet and see if he gives us any information. <laughs> no, Josh, I'm sorry, you're useless. You gave me nothing. We'll have we'll have Josh and President Trump on the next one. Yeah, Maybe I will unfollow you on Twitter because all I'm getting is presidential debate stuff. It's just annoying. <laughs> uh, Josh Malin, of course, was on The West Wing, of course. Yeah. And before that, he was on Sports Night. Yeah, he was a big one on Sports and Night. And these are all Aaron Sorkin things. Yeah. So just generally, if Aaron Sorkin's got something going on, Josh Molina seems to find his way yeah. into it in some capacity. And um, Sydney's quite nervous. She keeps like hitting her pencil on the desk, and the, and she doesn't realize she's doing it. And finally goes, "What do you have? Some big date tonight?" And she like <laughs> spills her drink or something like that. And then we meet this. Um, um, I forget what the, what they called it. Some sort of a state dinner. And in the red carpet, we have Senator Bob Rumson, who we're introduced to, who's played by Julia. Um. I'm throwing this to you because when he showed up, you went, hey, it's that guy. Yeah. I'm Bob Rumson. I'm running for president. Who was it? Oh, oh, Richard Dreyfus. Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I, yeah. But I had to think twice because he looked a lot older in that. Oh, he's going to need a bigger vote. Also, yeah. okay. What's a senator? Oh, my word. I'm really sorry. This is why this film made okay. no sense I to believe, me. I believe. Oh, jeez. Yep. See, I've got some weaknesses here, too, because there's senators and there's state senators, as the office have taught us. Mm-hmm. Congress and Senate are both houses in the... Yeah. Uh, one of them, I forget, I think... I the think senators senator, the ones that are, think, like, in charge of different things. I think senator, you get one senator from each state yeah. in the House, whereas congressman, you get as many congressmen as your population dictates. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson was, sec- was Secretary of State. Secretary of State. Is that a different thing? That's different. Yeah. That, that's, that's in the president's cabinet. Okay. So that would be. I don't think we, we met a Secretary of State in in, no. in the American president. But Mr. Schuyler was a senator. He lost his seat yes. to Aaron Burr. Yes, I believe senator is one per state, and congressman is many, depending on how my big your your population. Is. Okay, because that, that that's congressional district. Yeah, I feel pretty good about this now. Okay, I, I think I've got it. The Senate is composed of two senators from each state. Oh, sorry, two from each state. And okay. currently has a hundred members. Fifty times two. I thought there were more than 50 states. I thought there were nope, 52. 50. Why did I think there were 52? I don't know. Well, England is known as 51st it, state. It, it is one of those things where, like, some people think it's 48, so it's 51, 52. There are some numbers that seem to float around a lot, but it's 50. It's 50. I yeah. knew it was, wasn't less than 50. It's a nice even 50. Because Hawaii yeah. was the last okay. state. Wasn't it? Alaska and Hawaii, I think, are 49 and 50 in that order, but yeah. it could be the other way around. A senator must be at least 30 years of age, have been a citizen of the United States for nine years, and when elected, be a resident of the state from which he or she is chosen. A senator's term of office is six years, and approximately one-third of the total membership of the Senate is elected every two years. There we go. Mm. So, why Schwarzenegger got in. Well, yeah, because he, he... moved and lived there. He could never be president, because yeah. you have to be president, you have to be born well, in yeah. the United States or one mm. of its territories. So Bruce Lee could have done. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because he was born in Seattle. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, back to the, the Bob Brumson and I'm Richard really Dreyfuss. <laughs> <laughs> and he's established as the main challenger for Shepard. We get the idea he's going to be the Republican who will run against him. And they really stayed short of calling uh, Andrew Shepard a, a Democrat at any point. They yeah. just made sure we knew Bob Brumson was a Republican. Yeah. Um, and then we go to this nice scene where Lucy's tying her dad's bow tie. And, I liked this. And they go, nice. and I they, understood this bit. And they go, well, <laughs> how did you learn how to do that? And she goes, I just kind of picked it up. And I'm like, okay, like – this is a world before YouTube Bullshit. tutorial videos. Like, how have you picked this up? Like, you know. But she does explain later. She does. Oh, he, he asked. Did, yeah. did mom teach you this? And she went, yeah. I was wrong. Well, why is, why is mom, not, not to be gendered, but why is mom teaching how to tie a bow tie? But dad's unaware of it. That seemed really strange. Yeah. I, I could see that. If if she's seen mom doing when something she's Ill, with dad. Yeah. Well, she I said, th- mom, how do you do that? And see, they've gone I somewhere think, else and done it. I think this gave us, I think it was plot device, but it yeah. gave us a chance for a moment of intimacy because it's a very, it's a very close moment when oh. you're, you're exposing your neck and letting someone else tie your tie. It puts you in close proximity and there's like a nice quiet conversation. And then basically this is when he gets to use this opportunity to say, is this okay? Me asking a lady out on a date. Mm. And Lucy's cool with it. Very cool. Because so cool. seems like, like that happened. seems like mom's been dead for about three, four years. Mm. So if you know, I think as the viewers, we don't, we we never saw mom. So we're like, yeah, go for it, man. But I think it's important that we see the daughter's okay with it early. Ellie, um, I learned to tie not a bow tie, but a normal tie. Um, at around nine years old because I was in a brass band. So yeah. maybe her trombone experience has taught her how to tie a bow tie. But to tie it on someone else, that's a completely different thing to do backwards. No, she but was she wasn't. Him. She was behind him. Oh, was she behind yeah. him? Okay. Maybe yeah, that's something yeah, different. Yeah. Yeah. Doing shows, I've watched people learning to tie bow ties on mannequin heads. It still is weird though, but she was like, learn. it wasn't like, how did you learn how to do that? Oh, I was in a band. Yeah. It's like, how did you learn? Oh, oh, I just picked it up. Uh, the mum's Yeah. I should imagine it's because we later find out that mum dies of cancer. Yeah, when mum is ill, I should imagine mum's teaching her things that she can that Lucy can then pass on. What's nice little touch is when she says, um, "Mention the shoes." Yeah, yeah, yeah. On on the way out the door. Yeah, Uh, it is interesting to tie into your theory here. Tie (laughs) into your theory (laughs) is that they say it's only the second state dinner they've had. Yeah. yeah. So actually, that might explain. You wouldn't need to wear a bow That would explain why this hasn't happened earlier. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, as she goes to leave, Lucy's got some ideas and says, she has to look at his shoes to make this point, though. She kind of looks and goes, oh, yeah, right. And she goes, compliment her shoes. Girls like that. And it's an, oh, Lucy's great. She is. She's lovely. Um, we like Lucy. And we so, love Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> and so then we get to the pre dinner, and um, Sydney's shown up to the residence. And uh, Andrew Shepard walks up and goes, Andrew Shepard, we spoke on the phone. <laughs> Which is cute considering nice. yeah, the wow. backstory. And we meet the French president and his wife. And this seems like a strange time. From this, we learn two things. Number one, they speak English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really well. And number two, this if you're going to reveal that someone knows how to speak French, this might be the time. A great time. Yeah. This would be a good time, but not the, mov- the, the movie Moves needs us to happen later. Yes, yeah, exactly. The movie needs to movie, but yeah. in about 10 minutes. In about 10 yeah. minutes. And we get to the dinner. And they walk down the stairs together, Sydney and Andrew. And he says, when we get to the floor, I've got to do a thing. But he goes, you know, and she goes, do you do this often? He goes, what? He goes, date. He goes, no, not really you. She goes, well, lately I've gone on a lot of first dates. And he goes, well, how's it going so far? She goes, well, so far, you know, <laughs> just the usual first date stuff as they're passing, like the the, <laughs> the, the, the marine color guard or bed or whatever it's yeah. called. And he goes, oh, okay. And here I was trying to do something, you know, extra extra special to make yeah. myself stand out. And as this happens, they separate and Hail to the Chief starts playing, but he has a moment and goes, by the way, nice shoes. And she has this look like, oh! Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> oh, he noticed my shoes. <laughs> and she looks stunning, though. She, she looks amazing. As a woman, I hope the other two for once can actually 
confirm. We are in the minority this time. We, we don't care that you like our shoes. We care that you noticed something that we were wearing. Yeah. So notice that you tried something? Yeah, and just okay. actually take a second to go, oh, that's quite nice. We don't care that it's the shoes. See, as guys, we're pretty functionary, I think, sometimes. Oh, I'm pretty mm. complimentary. Thanks for backing me up. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, Liam does. Liam, yeah. Did anybody See, get the number of that bus that just ran me over? <laughs> I think it was the uh, number 42. Was that the number 42? <laughs> you're, you're fine, buddy. Um, Are we good? And so... Then we cut, he didn't answer you. He didn't, he didn't answer you. <laughs> he left me hanging. We're good. And then we cut to uh, the president. Uh, we, 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 we cut back to yeah. the dinner and we get... Um, it's dessert time. So, I mean, that's a nice touch to go. Dinner's over. How do I know? Dessert's being served. Yeah. And we get the president. It's like she has to like elbow Andy and be like the president and his wife look bored. Yeah. And, and they're like sitting there like zombies staring like straight ahead. It looked like a picture. Like, like, hey. Like we can't afford did, these two people for long. How did it take, like, oh, Sydney's the conscientious one. Like, how does nobody else pick up on this? But not only this, if you're a president of the United States and you're a president of France. As I've been both of those things. It's it's Happy. your duty is that, is that how to Canada be mingling works? and talking to people. You have to be social, don't you? You think so? You know, you're not just going to sit there going. At yeah. which point? Like Especially because we know they speak English. How yeah. many times have the French president's wife been to the White House? Like you're like, oh. yeah. It's like that Forrest Gump thing. Got invited to the White House again. I'll tell you what, if I got just invited to the White House, I'd be like, ooh. ooh. Is it really one of those things you get tired of, you wonder? No. You get tired of the pageantry. You have to get dressed up. It's all official. Is there? No. You've, got to, you've got to talk nice and do this when actually the you want to sit down and have a beer. The only thing they could have gone with, they could have gone with jet lag. Yeah. They're tired. Yeah. yeah. That's why. It's yeah. five hours, six hours difference. Jet lag. Yeah. yeah. But then he goes, anybody speak French? And of course, AJ's wife speaks Latin because that's going to be handy, right? And I don't know how you confuse French and Latin. Like, right. like, that's the most American thing in this thing. Like, <laughs> you, wait, no, I thought it was French. No, not Latin. That, they are different languages. And that is a very Aaron Sorkin thing. In the West Wing, Latin is used immensely. It is used a lot. A that's right. beautiful scene where Martin Sheen is having an argument with God in a cathedral. And he oh, swears yes. at him in Latin. It's the most beautiful piece of writing. The fabulous, fabulous bit. And he goes to Sydney and goes, you don't by any chance speak. And Sydney's just like, I'm not getting approval. I'm going for it right now. Yeah. Rolling up and the her, her accent is lovely. I'd be very mm. curious to know if oh, she actually true. speaks French legitimately because yeah. it's really good. Um, and is effortless and like beautiful. Mm. She does it. I think that's one of them coincidences that she did and she does know French. No, so I they, think she's they, just a good actress. And they, oh, okay. I, I don't thought, know. I, I, thought, I have no idea. That's, that's, that's If I had to guess, that's my guess. Oh, I just thought that was like a... We, you speak French? Oh, that's cool. We'll incorporate that. We'll incorporate that in. We'll, we'll, we'll or cast. maybe it was, they were a different presidency. It was like, oh, you speak French. Well, it, that's we'll easier then. We'll, we'll make them French. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, and so they find out what's the problem. Well, we want to cut a rug, but we won't do it about the president's leave. And I'm like, again, you speak English. Yeah. Like, this isn't difficult. Yeah. Um, but he, so the president gets up and he asks him to dance. And there's a, a slow zoom on Bob Rumson as this is happening. As you can sort of see him realizing this is my moment. Mm-hmm. I can do something I with this. I did have a problem with this point. Okay. If the president stands up in a room, everyone should stand up. So that bit for me well, was wrong. What was really <laughs> weird, actually, is, is, is Shepard stands up and everybody else is just like looking. Like they're, they're all pulling a French president. They're all just staring straight ahead. Yeah. Like, like no one's even looking up to go, are you all right, sir? Can I get yeah. you yeah. what, What's he doing? Like at the very least should be, he goes, I can fix this. And then he stands up and they all forget he exists <laughs> yep. until he like walks around. So should we can have that like, like doe-eyed look in Annette Benning's face when he goes, mm. would you like to dance? Like, what do you think he was going to do from this? I have an idea for this. 
Bring in the slip and slide. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, French president. Not bored now. This scene reminded on that hose. (laughs) This scene reminded me of the John Travolta and uh, Diana dance. You have to help me out. What do you mean, John Travolta and Diana? Uh, John Travolta met Diana, Princess Diana. Yeah, Princess Diana. And uh, he had a dance with her. Oh, did he really? Yeah, and there's a nice famous shot of him dancing with her, and that kind of in the same setting. Okay, and that reminded me of that. So. Sydney asks Shepard, she goes, there's 200 pairs of eyes on, on you, and they're asking two questions. Number one, who is this girl, and why is he dancing with her? And he says, first off, 200 pairs of eyes are on you, they're not yeah. on me. And he goes, and the answer to your question is Sydney Ellen Wade, and because she said yes. Oh. Which is a great oh, line. Lovely line. It's really smooth. I, I, I will back this script of a nine. It's Would a, it's anybody very like well to done. pick it's... me up with that line? <laughs> I'll do it later, still available. What's that, Sydney Ellen Wade, and because she said yes? No. <laughs> because you're Georgia and you said yes. It, oh, yes, oh, yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so... Um, I was not going to put my full name out there, but yeah. Sorry, Dom. It's I, all right. I, I can edit it. It's fine. Yeah. It's this really... There's this really awkward, like, shot of them dancing where they're, like, really rigid. Mm. And it's just, like, stand still and the camera's going to move around you. Yeah. Just yeah. don't move. But, no, we'll, we'll make it look like you're dancing. Not not really. No. But then Didn't we work. have, like, a dissolve into her in the limo with the, with the White House lit up in the background. And it gives this idea of, like, it was all, like, a dream. Like the night just yeah. floated away, and then before you know it, she's in the, the thing going away. That was a very classy sort of, I want to say, 1950s kind of film. Yeah. Like the superstar yeah. in the limo. It, was, it had that sort of feel to it. It was very pretty. And the next day, the president's like, I've made a good impression. I want to send some flowers. <laughs> and he finally gets a staffer to give him the, fly, the, the number for the florist, and he phones up this, this Carmen's House of Flowers or whatever. And he's got this really, it's a really romantic idea. But but again, how Andrew Shepard is this? I want to give her the official state flower of her home state. Yeah, I, I like it. And so we find out the um, state flower of Virginia is the dogwood. It's both a tree and, and a flower. Fly, yeah. And he goes, where's my credit card? And they go, well, it's in storage with the rest of your stuff. Now, again, I call BS that he's waiting three years to find out his credit cards aren't accessible to him. Yeah. But whatever. It shows that maybe he's just that busy i don't know what the deal is because everything's kind of covered for you when you're the president yeah, isn't see, it? I didn't, you do nothing as president i didn't know that done for you. yeah because all your personal effects you yeah. basically shut down having a personal finance yeah oh, but for okay. that time yeah yeah hmm. yes. small you are, loan of a million you dollars are, you are paid a salary but i imagine that'll be available to you in some sort of different like bank account and things like that did you know the only person in great britain that doesn't hold a driving license that drives the queen the queen mm-hmm. yeah as long as you're not letting her husband drive anytime oh. soon, that's fine. Yeah, she has retired it, but no, also yes. the Queen doesn't have a passport because she cannot issue a passport in her own name. Yes. Not allowed. She not also allowed. owns all the police cars in Canada. And the swans really? in England. Yeah. And swans and England. There we go. dolphins as well. Um, dolphins? Dolphins. She owns all the dolphins. <laughs> and back to Dogwood. <laughs> Sorry, fucky facts. <laughs> he goes, well, my credit cards are in storage, but you can bill me. I'm sure your boss will be okay with it. Well, I don't know if you noticed my name, but uh, I'm the president. Of the United States. And of course, then they hang up they on hang him. Up, yeah. And you're kind of, he's like, you're like this, this used to be easier. <laughs> and back at the Global Defense Council. And Sydney walks in to see Leo, Martin Crane himself. I missed Eddie. But it goes into, and she walks in and just like puts her feet up on his desk. Yeah, you had an issue with that, didn't you? Oh, I was like, this is, like, I get the idea. She's supposed to be, that's, like, his, that's her boss, isn't it? That's her boss. Yeah. And that's, like, I get that you're hot stuff, apparently in more than one way in this yeah. film. But like, no, that's your boss. You don't come in and put your feet up on his desk. That's disrespectful. Yeah, that yeah. Is. But Sydney's on the front page, and then Leo. I mean, he he lays not cool with this. It. Yeah, lays into her. Did you sleep with him? And yeah. she's like, whoa, straight there. Did you sleep with him? And he goes, I hired your reputation. I hired a pit bull and not a prom queen. Is there a conflict of interest on Sydney's part here? Yes. 
Oh, totally. Because she's negotiating with yeah. the White House. Yeah. I have more of a problem with Sydney than I do with Shepard. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Because her job is to do one thing here. Shepard's job is to do like a thousand things. Yeah. Like, you know, no matter who he dates. But maybe not a lobbyist. But still, like, he's going to it's gonna be someone who sort of he's got a, a, a conflict of interest with. Mm. But, but her, I mean, this is clearly a conflict of interest. Yeah. Maybe this is why she's so adamant that they shouldn't do it because actually it's guilt on her She part. does fight way more than yeah. he does. That's yeah. true. Uh, and I don't approve of uh, Leo with the whole did you sleep with him thing because I'm like, oh. that's, I don't think you, could, you couldn't write that today, I don't think. Oh, no. Yeah. No. no. But as this happens, a gift basket gets dropped off. We find out, oh, it took Shepard 10 minutes to write the card. He went through. And there's this girl and her only job is to like, mm. every time Sydney says Clearly something. the to, fact that yeah. Every time Sydney says something like try and pour water on the fire, she's throwing like Spoken gasoline up, on it yeah. <laughs> to go, oh, no, he went through three drafts. <laughs> well, I'm sure he was. Oh, no, no, no. It took more than 10 minutes, the messenger said. He goes, oh, okay. She did like all that, though. And she opens it up, and it's a Virginia ham. Cute. Yes. Cute. That. I'd like a whole ham delivered. Again, George's dating tips. If you'd like to date me, send me a whole ham. A whole ham. Yeah. A Georgia ham. Compliment anything that you're wearing just to show that you've noticed. Yes. Yeah, definitely. There we go. So tips for, tips for George's and, dating. And do the whole... Um, the smooth. She yelled at me. I patronized her. I think it's going well. Going yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the food that was missing. It's the ham. Yeah. Well, this girl, the cheerleader, goes, Gee, Ms. Wade, you're the president's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, then we go to, like, on the second date, because she Sydney meets Lucy. And because she did, she does go to try and break up with him at some point. And he goes, come have dinner. How, how, how presidential can this be? We're having meatloaf, right? And she meets uh, Lucy... And it's a nice little meeting. Yeah, she goes. It's he's on like the f- a very big step for a second date. Though. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's on the phone with his dentist. Oh, is he really? No, he's on the phone with the prime minister of Israel. <laughs> <laughs> to which point, how does Lucy know this? Yeah, because she's clever. Can you can you kidnap Lucy and extract information from her? Ooh, it seems yeah. like he like did. like she does she. She falls under the smallest question that discovered. <laughs> she does. Just that- put Sydney Ellen Wade in the room, and she'll tell you <laughs> the nuclear codes. That is a West Wing theme as well. Yeah, president's daughter. Gets yeah, president's daughter. Uh, and they bond instantly. And I get that we, if I have, well, maybe I'll talk about the end, but you know, this should feel more awkward than it does. Yeah. I'd like a little bit more. By one of them. And I don't think it'd be Lucy. I think it would be yeah, Sydney. Sydney, who doesn't show any, not that, but she doesn't, she, she's a, she's a, a business minded, career minded, that's a better way to put it, career minded individual, um, past 40. You would assume she's not. You you would assume she's not necessarily the maternal type because of where she is in her career, and yet she's ready to step into stepmom role like instantly. So I was just like, it didn't. That part I was like, eh. And then we cut. And did you catch what they're doing on this date? Playing Scrabble. They yes. play Scrabble <laughs> they while were. while she does like her homework or something yeah, yeah. on like this small little coffee table. Like not something that's well lit. And like the president, like, we're going to play Scrabble. Like there's, there's nothing better you can do. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and then she goes, oh, she's, a, and she, the, the, the daughter runs off to go to bed. And Sydney goes, oh, she's great. And he goes, and he goes yeah, she's a good kid. She's her mother. And she goes, no, Andrew, she's you. you. And I'm like, you've known Andrew Shepard for about five and a half hours. Exactly, yeah. Also you've never knew never the mother. never met the mother. Yeah. Yeah. How about, like, you go, there's a lot of you in there as well, you could say. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, fine. Yeah. But mm. she's you. Like somehow, I'm going to discount everything from wife number one. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Sydney Ellen Wade getting the votes. <laughs> I love how you say that. <laughs> Sydney Ellen Wade. Sydney Ellen Wade. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then they go on a tour, and you go to the dish room, which isn't the dish room, it's the china room. That's and a nice sh- little scene. It is nice, because he doesn't realize the bit. It's funny that for everything he knows about America, yeah. he doesn't know a lot about the pageantry of the White House, which, is, again, it shows to that yeah. like romantic notion of he's in love with America, not with the idea of just being president. Yes. And, yeah, he's great. And so she asks him, do you think this is a good idea? Because he looks at her and goes, like, Sydney. <laughs> and not like... <laughs> Hello, Sydney. Sydney. <laughs> With a white face. Sydney. And she's like, oh, Mr. President. Face face. And he goes out and he kisses her. Right before, though, she goes, you think this is a good idea? And he goes, probably not. And they have a first kiss. And I'll tell you what, if I had a nickel for every time that my first kiss was interrupted by the Secret Service <laughs> saying there was an issue in the situation room. You well, have- you know, you know, there's something wrong when they interrupt. Yeah. yeah. And so he leaves for like literally like nine seconds before he has to come back and go, we're going to be, sorry, I'm going to have to end our date short. Someone will give you a ride home. Da, 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 da. And then we get to a part that I like to call a proportional response, yes. <laughs> which is the Libyans blew up something of theirs. So now they're going to blow up something of the Libyans and they, an eye for an eye, an eye, for an eye but they, yeah. they take great care to go. Which which shift has the least number of people? Okay, it'll be the night shift. I like when the way are they he on? This. They're on now, and he's going. Yeah, because he goes. What's the numbers? You know, sir, you know the number. No, tell me again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now it's not hypothetical. Now it's really someone you're going to kill. Yeah, and you're going to kill based on his word. And that doesn't sit right with him. At and all. he's struggling. And he says, someone's going to have to explain to me the virtue of a proportional response. And in my notes, I have throw to Debbie. So, Debbie, <laughs> tell us about why this is significant. This is absolutely almost word for word um, seen in the West Wing. Um, he's down in the suit room. It's the first time um, that as President Bartlett, he has to order an attack that could kill civilians, which is a hard thing. He's not a military man. Again, he's a Democrat. He's never served. Um and it is horrible for, for him. He's like, what is the virtue of a rep- proportional response? That exact same line. And it is, no, you tell me what is the justification of killing innocent people. Yeah. And it is taking that point. Because also, I think as a father, that is something, they're, they're someone's children. Yeah. And you, taking that on board, even as with the office of the president on your head, taking that on board is horrible. And it's funny in a sense, because this time... Um... In, in the West Wing, of course, it's Martin Sheen who delivers that speech. Yeah. Here it's him who says it's proportional yeah. back to Andrew Shepard. Mm-hmm. So he's had both sides of that debate. And um, his team want him to do a national address. They say, what you did, um, the, the, the guy who bumps into the ficus plant, Mr. Painter or whatever his name was, mm-hmm. um, says, um, you know, you should do this. It's very presidential. Bob Rumson's always on about you, about your lack of military record. You should do this. And he goes, and so he gives this anecdote about a janitor who's going to do his job and doesn't know in an hour he'll be dead because of a strike that I ordered. I'm going to blow up the building in which he works. What you saw tonight is the least presidential thing I do. I like that. <sighs> yeah. We should all be so lucky to have Andrew Shepard as our president. <laughs> exactly. I said this earlier, didn't I? I yeah. said it's too, it's too fairy tale like And so, um, meanwhile... Bob Rumson is with some of his people in New Hampshire, I think, collecting money and goes, um, now for the first time ever, we can have the character debate we couldn't have four years ago because we can't, because when you can't attack him, he's still a winner. He goes, oh no, (laughs) au au contraire, mon frere. (laughs) He's got himself a girlfriend. He's open for debate. And this story is when Sydney goes to Shepard to break up. Uh, Shepard won't engage in a character debate. And she, he asks, why are you not on my staff? Why, why are you not working for me, Sydney? And she goes, well, you couldn't afford me. He goes, how much do you make? He goes, more than you do. Because the president makes about a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, but why would you say that? 
Why would you say I make more of a new? Yeah. Because you do? No, no, but it seemed more vindictive rather than no, factual. I think, I think the actual question is you can't justify. You can't justify. If, if, See, if, I, got, I got the feeling that she meant it vindictively. No, 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 no. I think it's just the Global Defense Council. Why can they spend that much money to hire her? Because they've got the money in the pockets and they're hiring oh, her for short okay. terms and yada, yada, yada. Oh, okay. I expected more from President But for her to be, the whole idea is if you work on, if you work in the federal government, I mean, if, especially in like an Aaron Sorkin land, it's the idea that you, you serve at the, at the pleasure of the president. Like no one gets rich working in the national government. You don't do it for the money. Now, if you're a president, you make your money on the back end. Because oh, once yeah, you yeah. leave, you, 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 like, you, you pay yeah. for, for speaking engagements and yeah, books yeah, and yeah, things yeah. like that. And that's where you make your coin because you could have president so-and-so for the rest of your life. It's like the same with like prime ministers over here, right? Yeah, but I think the money's even bigger, bigger for, for, for presidents. Because yeah. you, you can go overseas. I'm all right in thinking that pres- ex-presidents are looked after for the rest of their life and protected. Se- Secret Service, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually they'll get a national library. So they'll get almost like their own museum somewhere of their choosing, usually in their hometown. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like the pageantry of the of the presidency is a big thing there. Yeah. Much more so than here and definitely much more so in Canada. Unless you've been impeached, is that right? Like Nixon. I think Nixon, I don't know if he has it. Actually, I'd be really curious to know if he has a, like a, a presidential library. I'm yeah. not sure. Hmm. But yeah. So at the end of the day, he did get the American troops out of. He, Vietnam, see, he? he's impeached. But impeached doesn't mean removed from office. Impeached means uh, there's because yeah, Clinton's impeached technically, mm. but he's not removed from office. Uh, Nixon resigns, so I think he would have all the the, the privileges thereafter. Elliot, are you looking yeah. something um, up? Richard Dick- Nixon does have a presidential yeah. library in California. Yeah, so that oh, would make okay. sense. So, um, and goes. Um, so then he asks, "Are you attracted to me?" And she goes, "Well, that's a that's a." And he goes, "I know what your problem is, Sydney." I love this scene. <laughs> Sex and nervousness. And she goes, what? He goes, because unlike every other woman who slept with a president, um, at least in modern times, they weren't nervous at having sex with their presidential husbands because they had sex with them for the first time long before they were presidents. Yeah. And she goes, okay. And she goes to freshen up and he keeps talking and goes, I've got a plan. And basically it's the take it slow plan. Yeah. And he goes, so that's my thought. We'll just go as slow as we can. And she comes out. He's got two drinks ready. She comes out wearing just one of his button-ups. Oh, yeah. Which, which hot. Very. Yeah, I'll say mm-hmm. that. And um, Then goes, he starts getting nervous. Did you, did, you, did you hear the take it slow plan? She goes, mm-hmm. And she says, mm-hmm. She, her, her hand, without breaking eye contact with him, just checks the firmness of the bed. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was oh, great. great. Nice. And um, she asks, are you nervous? And he, sorry, he asked, are you nervous? And she goes, no. He goes, good. My nervousness exists on several levels. And one of them being, <laughs> just want to you know, but any expectations based on my, you know, sexual uh, capability based on the fact that, and she goes, the most powerful man in the world. <laughs> you need to know that's just a political distinction. <laughs> and he keeps rambling and she calls him Andy and then she kisses him. It's a well-written scene, isn't Brilliant. it? Beautiful. Brilliant. And she I've has. got over the wooden scripting by this point. Yes. And she has the, and she has the agency because she makes the decision to sleep with him. Yeah. He's not putting the moves, which I think if he's the president, that's important. Very. The idea that he's not abusing his influence. Yeah, his trust. You know, I don't know when exactly this came out in regards to Bill Clinton or Monica Lewinsky. It was before. This is before? Okay, so that's interesting. But, you know, you don't want, I mean, because we've had presidents. No, was that early 90s, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky? Monica Lewinsky came out in 98. It happened in 96 and 97. Oh, okay. Hey, maybe that was when one of the days Reiner was following around. He was like, I'm going to go in here with Monica for a bit. (laughs) Stay out there. Just there, she's, you know. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Rob, Rob Reiner's going, well, kind of. <laughs> I call shenanigans. What's that blue dress? <laughs> she did wear a blue dress. She did wear a blue dress. <laughs> and it was dry clean for a reason. <laughs> um, and so, um, 
And then there's a sound bridge. And a sound bridge is when a little bit of sound from a, a, a scene that's yet to come sort of leaks in early. So as they're kind of kissing, you just hear, does New Hampshire want the... Pr-? And then it cuts to Bob Rumson. Yeah. And it gets the idea that what's happened in this bedroom scene will link to Bob Rumson in some capacity. And basically it's going to be, he's going to call him out for having sex with, with this woman. Yes. Yeah. But does New Hampshire want the pride back? And we get the catchphrase, and I loved it. I'm Bob Rumson, <laughs> and I'm running for president. Um, and then we get the phone call, and it's 5 a.m., and um, the president gets up, and he rolls over to wake up Sydney to tell her the news, and he turns off a light, and she's already putting her trainers on. Yeah, she's ready to hightail out of her. She's ready to go for a runner, trying to avoid the press. And she goes, boy, Lewis would go nuts if he knew I spent the night. He's like, yeah, he'll be up here in 60 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) He knows. And he walks in, and she tries to cover by going, well, Mr. President, uh, thanks for taking the time to go over those fossil fuel numbers. (laughs) It's 5 a.m. I don't think she's trying to cover, really, at that point. I think she's just having a joke. Oh, no, I think she is. No, I think she's trying to cover. I think in desperation, she's hoping he will buy this. No, I don't think so. The president is wearing his boxes. She's not trying to cover anything. She's just being witty. It's two to two. You get the tiebreaking vote here. I honestly think she was going with the play. I think she was. It didn't like, say, I didn't think oh, she was trying to hide it. I, it didn't I, sound I like that. I think. I think. Yeah. She was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well. Uh, and then one by one they all come in. Robin shows up, and then finally it's AJ. And AJ goes, "Well, I can see everyone's getting an early start today." <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew's cool here. He's like, "Do what you want. Talk to them. Don't talk to them. That's up to you." He gives her a choice, doesn't he? As far as it stands here, we don't comment on the personal life of the president. And it seems like, whoa, whoa, like, we do not talk on the personal life of the president. No comment. Yeah, no comment. And this begins a montage where generally um, we see the votes going down because time is passing. So everyone's boards are getting lighter. They continue to date. Uh, the president's approval numbers get down to 55%. We have lots of Bob Rumson saying how he's running for president and how she, he's dating, uh, how Shepard's dating and that's wrong. And then there's this woman calling into a, to a radio program going, has anyone thought about this little girl? What's it like for her? Can we start talking about family values? But it's brilliantly juxtaposed posed against a shot of Sydney and Shepard watching Lucy practice her trombone and clapping at the end. So it's like, what could be un... So it's this idea of like spin and what rumors and gossip will do versus what's actually occurring. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we find out that one of Rumson's people have found an FBI file on Sydney Ellen Wade and she's burning. It's an old picture, but she's burning an American flag. 13 years old. And he starts singing, it's beginning to look look a lot lot like Christmas. Christmas. To which point I think you asked if this now qualifies as a Christmas film. Yes, I did. Yeah, I don't don't, don't think so. (laughs) And so um, they get into a – Shepard has to go into a limo because he's going to go to St. Louis to take care of – there's air traffic controllers going to go on strike. And so uh, he has to call off a date with Sydney, and they're telling him about this this FBI photo. He's like, "This will blow over." Shepard's very naive. He is on how on how like, the press. Well, I mean, geez, can you imagine Andrew Shepard in twenty twenty? Like, none Ooh. of this would blow over. They would stick their teeth into that and sink <sighs> it deep. <laughs> and as this whole conversation is going on, you guys notice. I think it was you, Liam. Like the, the terrible slow motion in the background. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. Like, so bad. Like out of the back awful. of a limo in the window, and so the you front, have like projections. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. And it's just not believable for a moment. No. I would like we could have done better in ninety five in this. Yeah. And um. So he has to break the date, and so he wants to make it up by getting flowers. But Lewis says, you need any girl who I date knows that I not expect any plans as being concrete unless I give them – until I phone them with like a confirmation 30 minutes before it's supposed to happen. And what she a goes, she goes, does this work on them? And he goes, <laughs> well, 
I say it with a great deal more charm or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we go to the flower George's shop. George's dating tips. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Good. And then we have uh, the flower shop. And he goes in. It's the same flower shop he phones earlier. This is funny. And he goes in and he goes, hi, I don't know if you remember me. But She's on spoke. the phone. I'm yeah. Andrew Shepard. On the, and she turns around and sees him and faints. And he goes, oh, she remembers me. <laughs> Beautiful. And that's it. Yeah. And then Rumson starts talking about setting flags on fire. And Sydney thinks he should respond. Uh, they're doing this conversation over telephone. Um, and then um, Shepard refers, she goes, oh, well, you know, you should listen to Robin and Lewis. And she goes, oh, what, you mean Brutus and Cassius? And she goes, they are very smart. And he goes, Sydney thinks you're very stupid. <laughs> goes, no, I didn't. He goes, she's questioning your loyalty. <laughs> Michael J. Foss was, I question it every day. <laughs> And then we go to Camp David. And in truth, Camp David is off limits to the public. So no one really knows what it looks like. Mm. So this was all uh, the production designer, Lily Clivert, used someone else's snapshots from the Richard Nixon era and used that and a lot of imagination to try and make the set work. Is that the one where we pan out? That's the one where they're watching football on the the couch. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The log cabin, yeah. Yeah. And so for a moment, they're watching a film called North, which was a a film by Rob Reiner as well. Yeah. But like it was the the year that it came out, like Siskel and Ebert called it the worst film of the year. (laughs) So he's putting a nice little shot putting it in there. That's nice. And um and they're really close to each other now. They're cuddling on the couch. And someone like, said you can see how how close how, they yeah, are. Yeah, I do. That's how relaxed they were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And all that pretense. Now it's just Andy and and Sydney. And Sydney. That, that's who they are. And uh, Bob, as they're flicking through, Bob Rumson appears on the TV, and there's a clip of him suggesting that maybe Sydney had over the years traded sexual favors for concessions mm. from votes and all that. And he goes, I don't even know what to call her. Is she the first mistress? It's like, oh, my father heard that. And Andrew's going, well, he's going to have to turn a deaf ear. And it's like, Andrew's one move is just ignore. Ignore the bully, ignore the bully, ignore yeah. the bully. It's kind of like appeasement, not to draw too much of a of a Hitler sort of reference to this. But he keeps doing it. And it's like, well, if you keep doing nothing, he's not going to stop. He'll just, no. do, he'll just keep doing bigger and bigger statements. So everybody, everybody in the president's life is saying, you're doing this wrong. I don't know what's I, – I have a really hard time understanding why he keeps ignoring yeah, I, 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 I guess it's the moral virtuous high ground, but once they start making stuff up, are, is it not? On? Yeah, you'd, you'd call it out. And you? he goes, I can't, "I can't, I can't, you know, pick on the schoolyard bully just because he, he picks a fight with my girlfriend." I'm like, "Well, I think he actually can." Yeah, yeah. like you're completely like in 2020. Absolutely, I mean, like he's completely slut shaming her. Yeah, mm. truth or not, even if it was true, which which we're, we're told it's not. Mm. But like this is like just low. Now it is the 90s. It is, um, it is the American South. Theoretically, yeah. right, or, or or parts of conservative Republicans have always been conservative family values and all yeah, this yeah. sort of. But still, it just didn't. It didn't sit right. The fact that he's not making uh, Rumson fine. Rumson's supposed to be a dick. I get that. Yeah, Shepard's not. Shepard's mm. supposed to be an intellectual. I had a bit of an issue with that. Yeah. Um. And so uh, then we have Sydney's big speech, and uh, about three different characters get big speeches, and this is Sydney's. And she goes, "What do you do?" When you get someone who claims they love America but clearly doesn't love Americans, and she says maybe things would be better for you if I disappeared for a while, that was a nice speech. It was, yeah. And he kind of goes, it. "If you disappeared, I'd find you." Yeah. Now it's cute in this. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. imagine if it's like, yeah, if you disappeared, Sydney, I'll, I'll find, find you. you, and I'll gut you like a fish. <laughs> like context is so important. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we go to Christmas time, and Sydney See, calls it is a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie, <laughs> and Sydney basically lets it slip that she had a terrible meeting with the Motown Three, and base it just tells them. 
the only thing they're more committed to defeating than your bill is my bill. To which point, AJ and the president's light bulbs go off. Yeah. And go, Did she just say that we can buy ourselves three votes if we screw Sydney over? Now, to be fair, it would be a lot easier if the film just told us this on that level. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think it's. A, I think <laughs> the first time I watched it, I think I was like, I don't fully understand why they're so impacted. So mm. I was like, huh? I don't, and they really had to spell it out for me. And I think, I mean, Aaron Sorkin's a smart guy. I think this might have flown over my head the first time I watched it. It definitely did mine, yeah. Because I was like, I don't understand how, wait, what? How did you get there from that? Now, once you know, I think, I think it's, Especially it's clear. Especially yeah, I didn't I realize you, didn't I? the different numbers on the different boards for, for different bills. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. now sit in my head going, what the hell is this yeah. going on? And so we go to the countdown and the votes are getting close. Shepard is losing votes, but Wade is gaining her votes. And for the first time, uh, there's a meeting, and AJ approves a poll that's got Sydney in the discussion. Because up until now, Sydney was not allowed to be in any, which makes all the polls irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. Because Sydney's like the lead story on the news. So, uh, and then we find out it's a really strange time to bring this out, but Sydney is a lie detector. <laughs> Thankfully, she chooses to make the president a meal, which he doesn't like. And apparently, he makes a face when he lies. A certain face, yeah. And she just happens to bring up she's only two votes away. And when she gets them, she's going to win. And then she goes, Andy, you're doing that thing with your face. See, now she can pick up on that. So why don't she... she now, Sydney's she sharp as a tack. Yes. There should have been some... Make... Force... Force him to lie. Yeah. Force him to cover up. Are you going to... No, I'm not going to bail... I'm not going to bail on you. How can I bail on yeah, you? Yeah, There's yeah. nothing... You've got the votes. Yeah. You've got the votes. If you get the votes, I will back you with a 10. Knowing full and well, she's not going to have the votes. Yeah. But you say that. Yeah. But it just seemed like, oh, you're just doing that thing, you know. Your face. And then we just cut because the scene needs to end. Forget, yeah. forget how a conversation would actually that go. That was weird. Yeah. And so then we go back to the war room. I've got panic room written down here. Sit. War room. Situation <laughs> room. That's not the situation room. Was it not? No, the room with like the, the boards and, and the numbers and the votes and all that stuff. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. The war room. Sorry. The war room. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to a situation room where they actually do declare wars. That's yeah. a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but we find out that his approval rating is down to 41%. And Michael J. Fox, Louis Rothschild's desperately trying to get this one congressman to like swap back. I like the way he talks here. Yeah. And he's he's just well, I don't know. What do you remember from this? Maybe you remember better than I do. I just like the way he calls the, the president on how he's only there for the very votes of people. Oh, and, we're not there yet. Oh. Uh, no, no, no. Bit. no, we're at the bit where he's on the phone. He's on the phone to a senator. He's on the phone and he's trying to plead with this guy. Come on. You, you, your president's numbers will be there for you. It'll be there for you. Oh, yes. And he yes, goes, yes. listen here, you asshole. Yeah. yeah. When, when, That's when, right. When we win this it. thing, we're going to fucking remember everybody who let us down. He like slams the phone down, <laughs> yep. knocks this can of Diet Coke off. Diet Coke off. Yeah. And just looks at him and goes, so we lost Jones, whatever his name was. <laughs> and Painter goes, oh, I hope so. Because if he was a maybe, we need to work on our people skills. <laughs> that was nice. And a great little bit is that he smacks a can of Diet Coke across the room here. And at one point, Michael J. Fox was a spokesman for Pepsi. Uh, so smacking the Diet Coke is a nice touch. It is a nice touch. There was a bit um, I went on this because they did a close-up on the phone call. And on the yeah. close-up, he had his right hand Yeah, on you the picked phone. up on that right away. Yeah, but on the longer shots, it was his left hand. And I think it was his left hand that was shaking. Yeah, his hand was shaking a bit in one of the it shots. It was, the right hand was shaking Now, whether bit, that's so... acting or if he's steering into it and going, I'm going to run with If it's going to yeah. shake, I may yeah, as well yeah, make yeah. it part of, the, part of the performance and act like I'm an ain't. Yeah. But yeah, really, uh, really effective. But again, I wonder if him switching the hand was a bit of a crutch. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then uh, this is the first time out of three times that the F-bomb is used in the film. And typically, if you use an F-bomb twice, that's it. You get an R rating. This somehow managed to use it three times and not get an R rating because it's each time it's not said in a sexual manner. It's said in anger. Oh, okay. Right. And I don't know if there's a clear distinction, but it seems like that was the, they were, with the tone yeah. of the rest mm. of the film. That was deemed to be enough. And so three characters each get an F-bomb, and this is the first one, and this is Michael J. Fox's. Then we get the knife in the back, and there's a meeting, and it's time. If the, the, they have a meeting, they go, we can if we put Bill 445, the environmental bill, in a drawer, we can win the votes in the Motown 3. And um, this is where Lewis calls out Shepard for caring more about Sydney than the legislation because he goes, you know, she's worked so hard. She deserves this. And Lewis goes, you mean the legislation deserves this? Yeah. And I'm 100% on board yeah, with Lewis I, yeah, on this one. Yeah, me too. Because it's not this about your girlfriend's was, yeah. vote. This is about if you believe it, then you believe it regardless of who brings it to the table. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's part of what Lewis is thinking is Lewis is trying to get some meaningful stuff across as well. Yeah. And so he's seeing what's happening to him now happening to Sydney, but he's not mad because it's not about his bill. No. It's about the gun bill being right. It's not about Sydney's bill. It's about the environmental bill being right. Yeah. And he calls him out and it's, it's, this is very Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. But he goes, the president doesn't, AJ goes, the president doesn't answer to you. And he goes, oh, yes, he does. Yes. I'm a citizen. He's my president. And it's my duty to hold him accountable. He goes, but you know that, sir, don't you? Because yeah. you have a deeper love for this country than any other man I've ever met. To be fair, everything we've seen about Andrew Shepard, that lines up. That he does. really yeah. does. Yeah, it does. And he goes, you know, but Bob Rumson, it doesn't matter. Bob Rumson's the only one doing the talking. And it says, in the absence of leadership, people listen to anyone. It's like going to a mirage. When you find out there's no water, they'll drink the sand. And it's a hell of a speech by Michael J. Fox. He's good. I love seeing Michael J. Fox actually act. Mm. More than just, this is heavy. I love Back to the Future. Yeah. I'd I'd be hard-pressed to call him a great actor in that film. He's fun. He's not a great actor. He's acting in this. And so this is where the comeback, though, from Shepard, where he goes... They don't drink the sand because it's all they have. They drink the sand because they don't know the difference. And then there's Timely Thunder, which is timely Mm -hmm. because it shows the conflict. And then he just goes, make the deal. (laughs) And that's it. And so Lewis Lewis has this great speech and loses. Yeah. Um, And then there's a celebration party at the global whatever it's called, Defense League. Defense Council? Defense Council. The GDC. And... Leo wants you in his office. There's been a development. And we the development, of course, is that they've put the bill in the drawer. Sydney loses. And she comes over. And Lucy has to tell Shepard, yeah, she's in your bedroom. And um, he's not, he plays it right. He's not like, oh, my bedroom, you say. Like, he knows yeah, something's, yeah, yeah, yeah. something's not gone right here. He knows. And um, as he goes to go into the bedroom, Lucy goes, if you were a dork, you should say you're sorry. Yeah. Girls <laughs> like that. <laughs> Which was a nice callback. I love her. And we find out that Leo Magnum fires Sydney. And, uh, Which was a given. Yeah, because she doesn't, she doesn't, you're, you're brought yeah. here to do something. Instead, you ended up being the president's girlfriend while being paid, a, like a, not a small amount, as we found yeah. out, more, more than the, the president, president makes. Yeah. So she got paid a lot of money and didn't meet her targets. Yeah. Therefore, off you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she says she's there because she's looking for a sweater, which I believe she is. But then she goes, and she's going through and she explains, well, you know, maybe I can do this again. Maybe, you know, I'm the president's, you know, Friday night girl. So people will believe me. And then she finally goes, fuck the sweater. She I have to learn that. to live with disappointment. And this is F-bomb number two. Yeah, I liked it. 
it worked. And I like they gave one to I like they gave one to Sydney. Yeah, yeah, because you know it, it, I think profanity felt, is something that we attribute to men more often than women. And, and but it this felt shows, deserved. It, absolutely, it felt deserved. You know, you can feel her frustration. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. And of course, it's one of those things, you know, where 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 arguments happening, where the words being spoken aren't necessarily the words of the argument, but it's yeah. it's you know, it's not about the sweater. It's she'll get used to live with disappointment. What kind of like Sydney is right now? Yeah. Yeah. And so he go, she goes, what do you think happened here, Sydney? She goes, I got screwed. And he goes, the environment <laughs> got screwed. <laughs> Not you. Oh, look at you. <laughs> but she goes, That's what I thought when I heard it. She goes, the environment got screwed. Not you. And I'm like, okay, a minute ago you were like, she's worked too hard for this. And now you're like, the environment got screwed. Not you. It's the only time that he feels a bit slimy in this mm. whole film, I felt. Yeah. Um, and she goes, it's a great closing line. You've got bigger problems than losing me. You just lost my vote. Yes. Ooh, that was good. Burn. 41% minus one vote. Yes. <laughs> yep. uh, and then this is the bro time summit. Uh, number three. Uh, <laughs> the second late night pool party. <laughs> and they fight. And I don't know. It feels like AJ kind of picks this fight a little bit. He does. Mm. And they fight, and uh, and he goes, Lewis, and I think because AJ's tired of watching him just not be in the game. Yeah. And he goes, AJ, Lewis is right. Go after this guy. And he goes, no, no, no. He says, you fight the fights worth fighting. He goes, you fight the fights you can win. No, no, the fight the fights you can win. You fight the fights that are worth fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh. And he goes, and the president, like, he, this is a, I'm going to say, this is a bitch move on behalf of Shepard here. He goes, how's the view from the cheap seats? Yeah. And this idea of, like, I'm carrying you. And he, and he goes, well, good comeback, though. Yeah, and he goes, what, what, you like doing it? why is it always I've never seen your name on a ballot? And AJ goes, because if I wasn't, you'd be the most popular history professor at the University of Wisconsin. Good mm-hmm. comeback. To which point he just goes, fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> and he throws the point I can't down. beat that. I like that. I think, I think there's a, a little bit of acknowledgement that there's, yeah. there's some truth in that. Yeah. That, you know, you'd still be that guy. Not that there's anything wrong with being a no, professor no, 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 or of education not. whatsoever. No. But the idea being that, you know, if, if it wasn't for me and you in these sessions and, and my advice and my counsel and, and our strategizing, you, you'd still be back there. And the fuck Strengthen you, I think, numbers. The fuck you, I think, is just acknowledgement of, yeah, of its yeah. truth. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, like I, and, and I will call you, Mr. President, believe in the office and all that stuff, but I, I'm going to shoot straight. Yeah. That's who That's I what you, who need. you are. That's what you yeah. need. And so as he goes to leave, I do like the fact that because I think guys do this. I think we could go ahead and do that. And then two seconds later, we can kind of be like back to not back to where we were, but back to some normality. I think, I think yeah. guys do it better. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've had arguments with, with, with friends in the factory and whatnot. And uh, we'd be like swearing at each other because, you know, professionally, I'm going, you need to do this. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, no. And then afterwards, you're. How you doing? You all right? <laughs> Go for beer. Beer, beer. beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they kind of get back to it. And he goes, he goes, if Mary hadn't died, this is President Shepard, would we have won three years ago? And he goes, I don't know. But if my friend Andy Shepard had shown up, I'd have liked that campaign very much. And it's the only time in the movie he calls him Andy. That was nice. Yes. It was a nice time. And the film set yeah. me up for it, so it felt earned. Yeah, like, all this time, he doesn't call him by his name, and now I'm going to say it here and say the word friend and say, this is the right course of action. Look, you asked me once before to think of things as your friend and not just as your, your, your um, chief of staff. Now it's the same thing. Not just your chief of staff, but as your friend. Go after this guy. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like it kind of pivots into the third act on a dime. 
Yeah, very quickly. Yeah. Because we go, all of a sudden there's just some random speech. They go, will the president ever address the... Yes, he will. He walks yeah. in and goes, it's time for the big speech scene. And this is big speech number three. I like this. And it's the biggest of the three speeches. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes, yes. you asked me earlier in the film, you're like, when he was talking to Lewis, you're like, was that the speech you were talking about? I was like, oh no, you'll, 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 you'll know. You'll know the speech. And I said it again after. <laughs> Ironically. And he says, being president is all about character. And I don't know if you notice, but while Shepard's doing this lecture, it's supposed to be off the cuff about Sydney, his eyes are like reading a teleprompter. Oh, I did, yeah, I yeah, did yeah. notice that, yeah. <laughs> Very hard thing to fake. Near the end, he gets, when it gets smaller, he gets to it. But uh, his delivery is great though, isn't it? it is his too. delivery is great. And if I, you have to trade that off to get that delivery, I'll take that. Yeah. I don't think a president would say that though. What? About his personal life. Well, the, the whole point being that he hasn't to this point. Mm. So I get, and his, his approval ratings can't get any lower. And it's the gimmick going, he says, like, you know, I was so worried about losing my job that I forgot to do my job. So here it is. You want the yeah. character? Because they got a character debate. There's no question he can beat Bob Rumson. This is so strange. Yeah. Um, and so he goes, America isn't easy. America's advanced citizenship. This is all very Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> and he talks about, like, here's what you did to my girlfriend. You did this. And you question her, her her motives, and you go on television, and you call her a whore. And the delivery here could have been tempted to go really big on that mm. line, but he went really quiet because he's the guy with the moral high ground. He's like, "How can you do? How can you do Why this?" You do that? Yeah. And uh, he says, "You want a character debate? Stick with me, Bob, because Sidney Ellen Wade is way out of your league." <laughs> In 2016, presidential election candidate Ted Cruz paraphrased a portion of this speech. Ah. When fellow candidate Donald Trump insulted Cruz's wife, Cruz stated, and if Donald wants to get into a character fight, he's better off sticking with me because Heidi is way out of his league. <laughs> oh, so, nice. He says he's going to send 445, the environmental bill, to the floor and will draft a better crime bill by getting rid of assault weapons and handguns. And then we cut to a shot. There's a cutaway of like AJ like smacking and like massaging Michael J. Fox's yeah, shoulders yeah, to be yeah. like, you did it, kid. I was like, you don't get it. It's not about the fact that he no, got his bills, but yeah. it's the right bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but he goes, and it closes really, really well. He goes, this is a time for, this is a serious time for serious people. And Bob, your 15 minutes are up. <laughs> My name is Andrew Shepard. And I, I am, am the, the president. president. <laughs> <laughs> I put my cojones down. That was fantastic. Checkmate. And really, I mean, this is the climax of the film. It is, yeah. Even more so than the reconciliation? Yeah. I'm yeah. going to say. Is this not the emotional high point of the film? It is if you know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. So then they go back and they say, Lewis has 35 minutes to rewrite the State of the Union address, which, which like... It's it's like thirty five minutes to deliver the speech. Yeah. So I best luck. And so Liam, you did mention that thankfully for um Michael J. Fox, he's got access to A time machine. A time machine. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. gonna help him. He can buy himself a couple more hours. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and so he's gonna uh, Shepard's gonna go after Sydney Ellen Wade and beg for but she's already back to him. Uh there was a nice joke about DuPont Circle or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh and AJ, and they hug and embrace, and all of a sudden, AJ's there. It's a nice callback to when they were all like... It was nice when they kept walking in and saying, yeah. you know, like, hi, she, was, Sydney. Yeah, oh, like she was part of the furniture. Yeah. Like, that was nice. And he goes, if anyone needs me, AJ leaves. He goes, I'll be in the Roosevelt room giving Lewis oxygen, which I thought was a great <laughs> one. I love that. <laughs> uh, and they both admit they didn't come back for, for, for political gain. He didn't send 445 to the floor to get her back. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. take him back because he changed his mind. They just can't live without each other or Aww. something like that. 
Um, and then we go to the State of the Union, and just before this voiceover, what kind of last-minute activities could the president be engaged in? And apparently Sydney, who showed up in a gray hoodie, happened to be packing in that same bag, like this knockout black dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like got her hair all done nicely. It's the black dress that the friend was, or the sister, whoever she is, was sure. going to so but I she guess just rock up get and that. go, I'm going to stash the black dress in the pockets of the hoodie in case we get back together. <laughs> yeah. Because he'll totally invite me for this one. She um, looks smoking. And she goes, do you want me to stay here? And he goes, no, no, walk with me. And that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. And he gives her flowers. And he goes, how do you manage to give a girl flowers? And he goes, well, it turns out I have a, a rose, rose garden. garden. <laughs> Which is funny because the rose garden is very famous yeah. in oh, the White House. Phenomenal. Yeah. However... He he called it the dish rumor. Yeah, right? yeah. So he, he would be oblivious to this, and Absolutely. he's been a widower for three years. Why would he? Exactly. You know, why, he likes to play pool. He cares about the Packers. Why is he going to the Rose Garden? He's probably not. Yeah. And so the last shot of the film, where Shepard walks into the House of Representatives to give a State of the Union address, was actually shot on a soundstage, with Michael Douglas walking an aisle with seats filled with extras on each side, set against bare blue plywood walls. And I'm guessing they must have used that as like a green screen or a blue yeah. screen. I felt that. I yeah. felt that when they did the widescreen out because it looked yeah. really. Majestic, it did, and so for years I thought it was the real deal. But no, it turns out it's that just way. that, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, and that's really about it. The budget for the film was sixty-two million dollars. Okay, uh, what's that in comparison in the nineties? That's quite a lot. Sixty-two is pretty high. Yeah, yeah, it's really quite high. If you think they had to build like basically replicas of the White House, yeah, I think a lot of money went to that sort of stuff. And the details in those sets were really, really good. It made one hundred seven point nine. So oh, yes. It's debatable right. whether yeah. it makes money or not. Yeah. You know, because when you get like the back end of it, yeah. all, all the marketing and all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah. on it, it's probably about break even um, for awards. Um, the composer, Mark Shaman, was the only one to get nominated for Academy Award in this. Uh, for uh, He won for the score. Sorry, he got nominated for the score. Oh, nice. Nominated for the score, which I thought was really, really nice. I like the score. I, yeah. I love the score. I did, I did keep trying to look at my phone and see if W.G. Snuffy Walden was involved because no. it sounded so yeah. like the West Wing score. It's just that idea of, I think Sorkin has an idea for the majesty and pageantry he wants and just both guys, both Snuffy Walden, W.G. Snuffy Walden, WG, yeah. who does uh, West Wing and, and the gentleman here, uh, Mark Scheinman, um, just got the uh, in two different, two different directions yeah. but found that majesty. Yeah. And I think... I think the West Wing is a little bit more um, powerful, and I think the the American president's a little softer to represent maybe yeah. the intimacy of what we're mm-hmm. talking yeah. about. And that's basically it. So it's uh, Endgame time. What do we think about the role of women in this film? I think it was good. Do you? Yes. Because I like Enid Benning. I will say this. There she, are moments. She had moments of sticking up for herself yeah. against the president in the early, in the early yeah. days. And at the end. And at the end, yeah. yeah. So she was consistent. And there's even bits where she's talking to, is it Susan, who was her colleague? Yeah. And they do talk about, I, I misjudged you early on, and I wasn't very, and that little sort of idea that they can be competitive, yeah. and they can be, and they're both strong women. Yeah. Both her and they're both strong. I mean, the one we're told, I don't the other like, woman was weak. Well, we're not supposed to like her, but no, she's no, still no. strong. She's competitive. She's, yeah. she's career-minded. She believes she can do it and doesn't yeah. need help. And these are all character traits that were taught you're not supposed to, you're supposed to cheer for Sydney and not her so yeah. the movie sets us up that way but and even Lucy I like Lucy Lucy was great oh, Lucy yeah. was very good yeah very strong so and I thought Lucy added a lot to the character because if you had a son it's a different movie yes yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think there's that intimacy in that father-daughter relationship where he just comes off really respectful to women as a result of the wonderful relationship he has with yeah. his daughter yeah. that's another Aaron Sorkin because in West Wing he has three daughters that's true yeah and yeah. one of the daughters played the sister to Sydney in this Oh, really? Well. Yeah, that's oh, a that's She looks so much older in this. To say but that even West though this Wing came is, first. Yeah. yeah. 
That was I was a bit thrown by that. Mm. But yeah, it's amazing a father-daughter relationship. Thoughts on the role of women? I think in a romance it could only go so far anyway. But as a romance, yeah. this does quite well. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I even like the I even like the little old lady who's like the dogwood. Yeah, <laughs> she just knows. I still think it was this woman who her job is just if we need, if we need know things if we need the state whatever yeah. state song <laughs> the state human encyclopedia <laughs> Wikipedia before Wikipedia because <laughs> now you just go and you, you know it you would, yeah. so it seems so weird that it was only 25 years ago but there was a time mm. where information was such a heralded commodity because yeah. you couldn't just access it mm. it really is remarkable in such a short amount of time how the world changes like that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, not a whole lot of swearing. We talked about the three big F-bombs. My favorite um, F-bomb was hers. Was hers? <laughs> yeah. I think the most powerful one for me is is Andrew Shepard's. Yeah, but I liked hers. It's weird. I could feel the frustration. You get you get a funny one with Michael J. Fox. Yeah. You get a, maybe a powerful one with Annette Bening. And you, get the powerful, sho- and you get the yeah. shocking one, maybe is the best word yeah, yeah, for yeah, the yeah, Andrew yeah. Shepard one. Yeah, I thought Michael J. Fox's was more shocking because that was to another senator that was in official business that was a professional oh he's, he's going above yeah so like, yeah he's yeah. completely lost it in every way whereas yeah. the other ones were in social conversations well this feels like a good time to sort of pivot here man best character favorite character there's a lot there's a lot of options i think in this one i uh, know no. Liam, i think i can guess yours this time which do you think is going to be my favorite character? <laughs> i think yours is going to be sydney ellen wade sydney ellen wade it is <laughs> i love her so much and I've not seen much things with Annette Benning in it. No. But her eyes and the way she came across, just I just melted when I saw her. I just thought she was great. And okay. I, like, I like the feistiness in her. I like the fact she stuck to her morals. Um, even though he's the president, you know, he's everything. You know, and she's walking away from it. Yeah. You know, I mean, she's, she's my kind of girl. There you go. Yeah, sorry, and, Michelle. And she looks great. She looks phenomenal in in outfits. Like she even says at one point, "I wear a lot of suits to the to the White House." Mm. And she does, and she looks professional, and she's not sexualized like ever. And what's really nice as well, she has really short hair. Really short hair. Apart from that time in the shirt. <laughs> no, but okay, but that's not how much she. Yeah, cho- but in a sense, her character chooses to sexualize herself in a moment between two of them. Yeah. But it's not like I'm going to the White House, gonna you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. low cut top, or she's not. We're never taught that her glamorization is a result of her sexualization. No. She looks beautiful because she looks beautiful. Yeah, she has yeah, these yeah. wraps and these yeah. neck-high necklines and all these things. And at every point, her beauty is directed towards her face, face. and never yeah. towards the way her body yeah, exactly. looks. She's yeah. never objectified. She has no. beautiful shoulders when she There is a grace and an elegance that, um, like I said, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think a very different film. Oh, yeah. Mm. A very, very different. Ma- maybe, maybe in like the Steven Seagal, Bruce Willis, <laughs> version, where it's like, I am a kick-ass commando president. Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer's in that one. Yes, Michelle. Debbie. Oh, and tied between, um, I want to say Kurt Douglas. It's not Kurt. Michael. Michael Douglas and Martin Sheen, because I have a lot of, I have a lot of nostalgia with Martin Sheen, obviously, he's in West Wing. Um, mm-hmm. But I love him in this because he does, he has that different side. But I do love Michael Douglas because he just he holds both sides of that story: the loving father, the the passionate president, um, and the the trouble that he has between those two. So yeah. I, I think probably actually Michael Douglas. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ellie. Um, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's probably Sydney, but I'd just like to give an honourable shout out to Lucy because yeah, for great. her she's relationship so coaching answer. ability. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just love Lucy's she doesn't little doesn't need quips. an honourable shout out. I'm about to give a big <laughs> shout out. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Um, yeah, I, I think I just love the bits where she basically just coaches her dad on 
on his relationship and she's just so chilled and she plays the trombone so she's clearly amazing um and yeah there's some of my favorite little lines where she sort of tells him that he needs to apologize if he's been a dork and um to compliment her shoes and stuff she just sees, I mean, children see things, I think, sometimes just like really clearly. Yeah, you know, like, right. no, like, no, no, it's complicated. She's like, no, no if you're a dork, you need to apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But also kind of with a, with a level of maturity as well, especially the thing like compliment her shoes. That's quite nuanced, isn't it? For a, well, however nuanced, old she is. But also like really absolute. Mm. Girls like shoes being complimented. But as Georgia says, it's not about the shoes being complimented. Yeah. There we go. It's about, it's about noticing compliment. something. Well, okay. no, Georgia. What Ellie said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything you want to add to it? I like Lucy. You like Lucy? Yeah. Okay. I don't like her hair in it all of the time. Oh, it's, so it's very almost 90s. got like a bit of a quiff type. She's nineteen twenty. Nineteen twenty. She's twelve in the nineteen nineties. Yeah, that's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll to lo- not like her hair okay, though. Fair enough. But I like Danette Benning's hair. Okay. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I did. No. Liam, you've you've managed to guess mine several times over the past couple of weeks. You want to have a go? I have. Um, I guessed yours correctly. Not that it was. You know, I, I, I think it wasn't exactly the Da Vinci Code on crack. I'm going to say Martin Sheen. You're 100% right. It is Woo! Martin Sheen. I was really tempted. I know you too well, I dude. was really tempted to say Michael J. Fox, and it was really yeah. close. I almost There did. wasn't enough Michael J. Fox. There wasn't enough, and that's my problem. You know they mean? gave him some... He, I mean, he gets, Great lines. He gets a be- I'd argue he gets a better speech than Martin Sheen yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Martin Sheen, as the guy who is just... Who's two feet to the right, who's got his ear... He and keeps him grounded. I'd say he was the barometer of morality in this yeah. film, but I don't think he is because he's also the first one to clue in and go, did she just say what I think she said? Yeah. I think it's time to make this deal. And also telling Michael J. Fox, uh, look, we have to fight the fights we can win, and you don't know. It's not the right time for that. It's the wrong time for your bill. So I think there's layers and nuance Do you there. think he's looking at the greater picture rather than the instant? He's the smarter guy yeah. looking at the bigger picture. He's the guy who's detached. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Andrew Shepard's too close, yeah. so he can't see how it all fits around him. Martin Sheen does, and I like that the film gave us those moments to sort of, sort of spy in on the two of them having those conversations. Yeah, that was, that was, that was those three meetings. I think I highlighted them because I think they were really important in the the sort of development of where we are in this film, and then also what does it mean when finally. What does it mean when everybody else is doubting you? But what does it mean when AJ finally loses faith in you? Yes. And I think that's important. And that, that's a wake-up call. You have to establish the bond yeah. before you can tear it down. And like I said, films, you have to have these moments that feel earned. And this felt, this felt earned. Yeah, very. So it was good. Um, best moment, best element of the film? My, I have two best moments. My first moment is Annette Benning in that shirt as she walks out of that <laughs> she bathroom. She has good legs. That is that is very good For an older lady. She's would, great. I don't know how much older. We'll find out. In a we'll, we'll, we'll find out. I'm gonna, this is where I'm going to be terrified when you find out she's like a younger <laughs> but I was like, But I was like, for an older lady, very yeah, attractive. She's very, yeah. yeah. And my other bit was the, the, the finding the, the clothes when she's getting angry and she used the Oh, airport. the fight there. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I really do like that. I like the two contrasts. And pretty much just Shepard's just feeding her lines. Yeah. And she's just, maybe she kind of gets two big speeches, but this one's more of a, this yeah. one's not so much a speech, it's just an overall performance. Yeah, yeah I, I like good. both those scenes. Okay. Mm. Gabby. It's tricky. I, there's lots of things I absolutely adore because they're then used in the West Wing again, which is obviously my, my thing. But I think just, I think the father-daughter moment Liam's just whacked his hand. He on was the trying table. to get a talk closer. To the <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, 
for me, it was the father-daughter moments, I think, because they're quite genuine, they're lovely. And it's a tricky relationship when a mum is lost, um, I think, from a family. So it, it's hard. And they did genuinely sort of see this, that she'd grown up, she's had to grow up a bit, do a bit more around, around the house, around the White House. Um, but they were tender and they were true. I, re- I really like those moments. She's incredibly well-adjusted and independent. And yeah. I think both of those things you go, you have to go, this is a bearing on his success of being a father, which Michael J. Fox even references he in does. his speech. Yeah. You raised a daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think you have to go, she's incredibly well-adjusted. And like he's doing parent-teacher night. Yeah. He's like, we're going to talk about this at dinner. It's nice. I think if she was failing French, he'd probably try and learn French or Little Sydney. You want to help? Yeah. 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 He, he's, he's a dad who's involved in his kid's life. I like that. Yeah. No, good job. Ellie? Um, I really like the first date scene. So some of the lead up to it as well. But I just think the way that it's presented just shows kind of the natural chemistry between them and shows her as an equal to him. The, I agree. I like you know, you've got this kind of, I mean, she, she mentions later on how he's the most powerful man in the world, but when they're in that scene it's really shown because of all, of all of the grandeur of it and the fact that they can't have a normal first date and I think she really stands up to it and holds her own and just it's just magical really I like the bit where she makes the joke about it mm-hmm. oh, pretty standard first date stuff really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is good because the bit where they're dancing as well is really nice, nice. yeah because she could have said no yeah. I mean, even though he's the most powerful you don't really want to show him it's up like but no, first she... dance at a wedding isn't it where everyone's yep. just staring at you and that, that's intimidating enough without it being you know the president of France and <laughs> everyone else that's there imagine if he goes right did dance. no <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Or and she's then, just really bad at it. And then, and then he starts body popping and break dancing. I did, when they started dancing, I did think it's a good job she knows how to dance. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Georgia. I really liked that montage bit in the middle where the vote, his votes, his like, what's it called? Approval or whatever there is. The, how many people like him yeah. is going down and, but his, and their relationship is obviously getting better. Okay. Like, and they're like getting and like the bits with, um, watching Lucy and the Trombone and all those sorts of things are really nice relationship you kind of watch and I like the juxtaposition of that over the top of the speeches of them picking of like the media and that sort of stuff I'm smiling because I, I never would have thought of that so that's a really mm. interesting thing <laughs> as a storytelling device it gave us a lot of information yeah. that's good it's what we call non-continuity editing but it gave us a lot of information in a short amount of time like if you were to try and explain that either the dialogue comes across incredibly wooden mm. you go oh our approval rating continues to it would just be one yeah, of those yeah, things yeah. and also our dates are but if you do it like this you can get a yeah. lot of information to the audience Visual. if they're paying attention mm. in a short amount of time so yeah good show I really like that bit what about you Ian? Oh, uh, this is where I'm going to cheat and kind of get my, my Michael J. Fox moment in here. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I love the Great bit Scott. where he stands up. And it's yes, hard. Yes, good. There's, I think, I like most of the fights in general. I really like the fight between, I said that, this already, between AJ and, yeah. and Shepard. But I'm going to choose the bit where Michael J. Fox stands up to the president, stands up to AJ. Like it's the good. whole room's yeah. telling him to sit down and shut up. Yeah. And he's like, absolutely not. This is my moment. And I, I, this is my duty to do this. And you want to go all Aaron Sorkin on me? Fine. I raise you another great Aaron Sorkin speech. What you got here? Mm. And it's it's really well done, and including Shepard's response about the idea about yeah. drinking the same because they don't know the difference. I thought it was just well framed. It's not resolved because it's not supposed to be no, resolved. No, 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 no. Yeah. He pulls rank and he kind of falls back, but he's yeah, done yeah. his bit. Yeah. And I thought respectful, respectful academic argument. Yeah. Not it didn't just because and that tells you the strength of the the characters of people around him yeah. that's keeping him grounded in. 
and the success of what he is as a president. Because unlike Sidney Allen Wade and unlike AJ and their fights go to emotional places, Lewis Rothschild stays intellectual. Yes. And goes, this is why you need to. This is my duty. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. What does it say to you that this has happened? And never goes to, fuck you. He doesn't do that. He does that on the phone when he smacks his Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't do it to the president. Diet he Coke goes, won't. I respect you. And because I respect you, this is why you're getting my challenge. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. That's good. Nice. I thought so. Uh, a grumble. Oh, you know what my grumble's going to be? I don't. You don't? No, I don't. In the car, the slow mo, oh, the video <laughs> screen. What? Really? Come on. I know we can forgive it because it was the 90s. If, but, yeah. Well, can we? I don't know. Oh, you can. No, I we can't. can't. Okay. I so can't. yours is a slow mo. Yeah, because it was. It, it weren't even real time. Okay. It was really exceptionally bad. It was so bad. It wasn't just it like was, a bit of an obvious green me. screen. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just kept me away from them. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so the minute, the minute you stopped, I stopped watching the film and started watching the green. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Debbie? Exactly the same. Okay. It just It just threw me so much because you're watching such lovely action and then you're just like, oh, God, that's crap. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that, that got me again. It took me off the characters and what they were saying. Okay. Ellie? Um, well, that aside, the bad script in the first couple of scenes um, <laughs> just, like I said, felt really wooden and it, it did get much better and I, did, I stopped noticing it after the first couple of scenes so I'm guessing it wasn't bad after that either that or I got used to it um, but yeah it, it just felt a bit expositional and unnecessary in places okay Georgia it's definitely just the fact that the setting is difficult to understand if you've had no other exposure to it so just um, like a cultural block on that yeah okay. yeah yeah and that's not the film's fault at the moment they could have probably addressed a few things slightly differently but that would probably make it sound even more expositional so I don't really know how you get around that without think, reading a cheat sheet first. I think like, for the most part, these films are made primarily with a domestic audience. And by domestic, oh, I will yeah. include Canada because the US and Canada are common market. And Canadians devour so much American television yeah, that yeah. we've got probably as much of a working knowledge as the American public would of some of these institutions. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, not here on that. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Andrew Shepard, uh, appeaser. Yeah, I had a hard time believing this guy who's so intelligent couldn't at the very least just, you know, it didn't take much to one speech from the theoretically smack this guy down. And the, I think we all believe he wins the election on the other side and everything yeah, goes perfectly because he gets the standing ovation at the end. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, one speech has changed the world. <laughs> and as a result, then well, why do you wait so long? There were opportunities to do this. And um I didn't understand that. There are ways you could have had him still go down in the polls without doing that. So I don't know. It, it was just bothersome, especially the bit where he goes. Especially the bit where, where Rumson starts slut-shaming Sydney, And yeah, he goes, I can't, yeah. pick, I can't pick a fight just because he doesn't, doesn't like yeah, my, yeah. My, my girlfriend. No, you can probably do this. Can, yeah. 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 I think, especially as the father to a daughter. Yes. You can definitely do this. Mm-hmm. So just... That's my uh, Liam. Coming I have yeah one more, one more little grumble. Okay. Um. Everyone knows how much I love Annette Benning in this. Yes. Uh, but there is one little bit that did annoy me, and that was the the face. What face? When she says to him, "You pull that face." Oh, that face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and she knows what she's talking about, and yet she sees the face and she ignores the face. Yeah, I think the movie had established she was a, like this is the same woman. Actually, let, 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 let's do this for a minute. This is the same woman who earlier sits in the meeting. Right? Yeah. At the White House and goes, they're not going to let us leave until they've done this, 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 yeah. and this. And you go, wow, this woman clearly gets subtext and what the real yeah. m- purpose of this meeting is. Yeah. I needed more for her to be thrown off a scent because she just kind of turns into dumb girlfriend here and goes, 
You make a face. She remembers the speech from yeah. like, and can quote it word for word two days before we met. Like, how, why did you bookmark this in your brain so much? Yeah. But, but on the flip side, then goes going, but then she just goes, Oh, you made a face and doesn't, yeah. and he just kind of looks off in the middle distance, and that's the scene. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that bothers I, me. I hear you on that. Yeah. Liam, when you started saying that, you said, you know, how much I love Annette Benning, but I thought you were going to say, but I wish it was Michelle Pfeiffer instead. My grumble was Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Um, so, anybody's best role ever? It's my favorite Annette Benning. Yeah. Because that's the only thing I can think of. And I will say this I didn't, I haven't mentioned her yet, but I forgot. When I first watched it, I think, I didn't appreciate Annette Benning. I really appreciated oh, really? Annette Benning this time around. Oh, I, this is the first time I've watched it. I haven't seen I, it in 15 years, easy. So, so that, I loved her in this Maybe movie. just as an older man, I'm just sitting here going, I, I, just as an acting job, I'm just going, I see what, what you're doing here. Maybe I've been reconditioned to care more about female characters than maybe mm. the media had me caring about in the 90s and the 2000s. Because, you know, it's the American present. He still is the protagonist. I think There's a lot of men in this film, there even is. for a romance. Yeah. There's one woman, really. There's not yeah, like her yeah, gaggle of friends. Like no, they all kind yeah. of, she comes into his world but and she's we see such his a strong, friends. imposing character in this film. She's very good. You know, and you know me, I'm very emotional with movies. I get a bit involved. Yep. And uh, she just had me smiling all the time, mm. apart from that one little bit with the face. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I did drool a little bit when she came out of the bathroom. <laughs> she wasn't Michelle Pfeiffer, but, no. you know, they're still. Um, but Thank yeah, goodness. That, yeah. but she, she, she captivated me, um, okay. on the screen. So her best, best film, I'd say for me, I also want to throw in for me, it's the best thing I've seen Michael Douglas do for me. Mm. I haven't seen him a lot, but in the things I've seen him in, this is my favorite. I don't think he, he was one of the weaker actors, I think out of all of them. What, in this film? In this film. He, ha- he, he didn't a- really have a... He was a bit wishy-washy. He's another one... Kind of what we said about Goodfellas. Yeah. In many ways, he's a character that stuff happens around rather than stuff yeah. happening yeah. to him. Which is weird because when the film's called The American President. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael J. Fox, even though he weren't... Oh, Marty McFly, though, wasn't it? I know, but yeah. like you said before, it was a fun role. It wasn't an, an act... So best acting job ever? Yeah. As opposed to best – see, best roles, you can interpret it a couple different ways. But if you want to call it his best performance ever, sure. Yeah. Sure, why not? I think um, me, Michael J. Fox and um, Frasier's dad. <laughs> oh, John Mahoney. Because they were both not the way I've seen them before. Yeah, John Mahoney – I haven't seen John Mahoney a lot. Of, I mean, he'll always be Niles Crane. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun to see him do a different There's side of things. Marty Crane. Yeah, Marty Crane. Marty yeah, yeah. Crane. Martin, I'm, I'm too much like Frasier. I'm yeah. calling him Martin. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah. Um, I mean, I like Mug J. Fox in The Secret to My Success. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a great little movie. But again, that's just him being him. You know oh, what I mean? Spin City's very much like... I mean, Spin City's like Lewis Rothschild meets a whole lot of Michael J. Fox's natural career. It's a sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. I loved Spin City. Spin yeah. City was great, and it was yeah. a shame when he left. Mm. Um, so, I've yeah. seen a lot of Michael J. Fox in The Good Wife, so I'm quite used to him being in a Serious like, American... Um, well, he's a, he's a lawyer in that one, but in that kind of oh, okay. high up American sort of political ish environment, wearing suits and making big speeches. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know anybody else. I don't, I don't really know. No. That's pretty much it. I mean, Richard Dreyfuss has done better things. A lot mm. better things. He was good. He was good in this. He was what he had to be. Yeah, he was what he had to be. There wasn't going to be enough for him to be anything more no, than that. No, no, he's no, a serviceable no, no. job, and the film was better for his involvement. And actually, I don't think we ever see him and Douglas in the same frame. You don't, no. which is really interesting. Mm. Apart from when he's on the screen. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, as yeah, far as yeah. like in the same physical but, space, but not in the yeah. same physical. No, really interesting. Yeah, it'd be interesting if they were on set together, full stop. You could have shot all his stuff after the fact. Yeah, you yeah. Could have, yeah. totally could have. Um, so I think it's time for the age game. The age game. The Let's age all game. play the age game. Okay, so let's start with Michael Douglas then, Andrew Shepard, the president. Ooh. I'm gonna say forty-eight. 45. 52. 50. 51. Ooh, so, well Dana, George, you can take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we'll take that. Um, AJ, Martin Sheen. Okay. Ooh. 53. 54. I'm going to go 51. 49. 55. Oh, come on. 54, is that you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to go up around the table. Too, I was yeah. all two years off. <laughs> um, Michael J. Fox, Lewis. Oh. Ooh. What's this? Ninety-five, isn't it? Again, it's not about working it out based on your knowledge. It's about how old they look. I'm gonna go thirty-eight. Thirty-six. Thirty-five. Thirty-two. Thirty-four. Ooh. Oh, hey, that's me. <laughs> I was gonna go thirty-five, but you Where? said that. So yeah. You said it before me, Liam. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> In my head, I was going 35. <laughs> well, he wasn't anyway. It was 34, so yeah. it doesn't matter. Oh, um, Anna Devere Smith, who plays Robin. Oh, jeez. Oh. 42. 41. 32. 30. She's 45. Wow. Ian and Liam, you're way off. Um, so I've, I've saved Annette Benning till last because there's been some speculation about her age during, mm. during the uh, podcast. So, Ian, why don't you start? Annette Benning. Mm. 41. I'm going high. I'm going to say 48. I'm going to say 37. I was going to say 37. Okay. It's interesting that you say she's 41, Ian, but yeah. considering you said you were going to like balk if she's, yes, but if she's younger yes, than yes, you. But, but, but I'm playing you because you said, Ian, why don't you go first? So I'm, convinced, <laughs> I'm convinced there's some retribution in this for me. Um, she is younger than you. She is indeed 37. Wow. So Debbie and Georgia have both wow. got it. Thank you. Okay, just, just, just a quick aside here, Liam. Like, yeah. Does she not look... I'm sorry, does she not? I would have called her an older woman looking yes. at this. I love you, Annette She Benning, does look but older. You do look older. She looks older, but How her old? under was, eye area looks amazing. Yeah. He was 50, what was he? He was 50, 55? Uh, 51. 51. 51. So 14 years, but you never looked at them and went, there, there no, was no, an no, age no, gap no, there. No, 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 no. She's got all. shorter hair, and I think shorter hair. That ages her. And yeah. the suits. Yeah. 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 yeah, really interesting. Wow. Because when she when she has her hair done and she's got the blue gown for the state dinner, she looks younger. She looks younger. She looks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's all plumped. That's up remarkable. Yeah. Wow. I can see why Warren B went for. Her. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Are they still together? They're still together, aren't they? I think so. I think yeah. so. So, um, let's talk about the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. The film has received an approval rating of ninety-one percent. Nice. Wow. Uh, received praise and two thumbs up from Cisco and Ebert, who were surprised by how good the film was, considering Rob Reiner's previous film North was both of their selections for worst film of the year. Ebert said that after detesting North, he was very happy and pleased to give Reiner's next film a unanimously positive review. And Cisco praised Douglas and Benning for their performances. I just want to have a quick look and see if anybody got a hold of us on the Twitter to tell us about the American president. Okay, so the Paul and Griff show say, shamefully have never seen it, but I'm looking forward to you breaking it down. We'll try to watch it before your next episode goes live. We love Paul and Griff. We do, indeed. Uh, Chance Widmore, there's a name, Chance Widmore, sounds like Charles Widmore from Lost, but Chance Widmore said, the president's final speech really got me. It brought tears. Honestly, it's what I remember best about the movie. You did say it was a good speech. 
news. I did. I did. Uh, on one of those things about President's Best mm. Speeches, I think yeah. I, I'm having a hard time remembering one. Or where does he rank? Is, is there a better American president than the American president in this? I do like the speech on Independence Day. <laughs> Today, we claim our it's Independence Day. <laughs> this is nothing more than like Top Gun. I know. President. <laughs> I know. But as a kid, I liked it. The only speech I'll give you up there is get off my plane. That's the only <laughs> other one that I put up here. <laughs> Uh, I love Kiefer Sutherland in Designated Survivor. I've never seen that. He's amazing. He's not so much about like massive impassioned speeches because he plays sort of a very mild-mannered president, but he's really, really good in the role and also has a really good relationship with his daughter. We get uh, It's a Musical Podcast said, it's not one we're familiar with, but can't wait to hear you cover it. Thanks a lot. Spy Hearts Podcast, fantastic film. Aaron Sorkin loved working on this film and that passion led to the West Wing. It sounds like our friend Spy Hearts, he loved working on cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not to mention a good portion of his cast ends up in the West Wing eventually in some way, shape, or form. Yes. Uh, Evan Kochner said, as much as I love Harrison Ford, this is an interesting choice, I think if the sequel to The American President had been Air Force One, it would have worked spectacularly well. <laughs> you imagine Andrew Shepard is on Air Force One. You imagine, yeah. And his family, Annette Benning's there, <laughs> and Lucy's there. Actually, if you gave me a movie, wouldn't that be a pivot? You, The first one is like a romantic, like academic, political, like yeah, idealizing. Yeah, yeah. The second one's just like, kill the terrorists. Action. Action. <laughs> Um, the breakroom.me says great movie and clearly one of the projects that helped propel Aaron Sorkin's career. Also a great topic to take from this movie is how the same situation would play out in today's politics with the advent of social media, mm. which I think we have touched on and we would do. go a very, very different kind of film. That uh, old lady wouldn't have a job. Someone no, just, <laughs> that would just be someone's phone. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would just be okay. And also the idea about can you get me a number of a florist? Yeah, it's called Google, sir. Yeah. <laughs> just go ahead and like knock yourself out. Because apparently a phone book's too hard for you to figure out. Yeah. So let's do this. So all that's left really now is for our rating. So uh, ranking between one, well zero and ten, you are able to put things in half marks. But please, no quarter or three quarter marks or anything even more wacky than that. <laughs> Where does it rate out of ten? I'm very interested to hear your score on this, Liam. My score would be a very strong eight. A very strong. Eight. A very strong eight. So eight. Annette Benning made this movie for me. Yeah, so almost like you want to go eight and a half, but you just can't. You yeah, just can't, I can't, can't justify it. You can't justify it. Okay. No, I hear no, that. No. I hear that. So I'm just touching on the half, but not. Yep. So gotcha. a strong eight. Okay. Uh, Elia, have you up next? Oh, okay. Um, I am going to give it a seven. A seven? Yeah. Okay. Got a good beat, but you can't dance to it? <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Basically. Georgia? I'm also giving it a strong seven Virginia hams. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I want to mention the shirt, but I just didn't know how to put that in, uh, in an eight. I was going to say seven trombones, but it didn't sound right. Because 76 <laughs> trombones. I was like, no, that's, that's just the wrong button shirt. From Music yeah, Man. Eight button shirt. Eight button shirt, yeah. Eight maybe. unbuttoned buttons. Yeah. On shirt. yeah. I was trying to make it sound sexy in my head, but it just didn't work. Okay. It's uh, more visual. Debbie. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for eight GA votes. Eight GA votes mm. out of ten. Yeah. I'm interested to see what you say. Because oh, you like this movie. I do like this movie. Uh, I'm going to go with eight fainting florists Ooh. out of ten. Ooh. Oh, I like the alliteration. Uh, thank you. Fainting florists. It almost feels very Christmassy, so we're getting towards that time. Um, it I began do, to look a lot like Christmas. I do like this movie, and the script is, I think, the strong... The script and the acting. I mean, I can't fault that either. Great strong ensemble cast. Um, I think it gets a little way down in the politics, 
which I think is part of the reason why some people maybe didn't. Um, it's a wonderful little film, but I think it bangs its head on eight. I don't think I, I, I don't see how this could get eight and a half. Honestly, if it weren't for this podcast, I wouldn't have watched it. Yeah, I'm not a politics person yeah. or a presidential watching movie goer, but because of the podcast, we watched this movie. Yes, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, I just could not stop smiling. Yeah. So, give an idea of some sort of frame of reference. I mean, if you add it all together, we ranked it higher than we ranked Scream. Yeah. Ranked it higher than we ranked Rocky, if you can believe that. Wow. Higher than the, the running man's movie. bodyguard. Higher than Bill and Ted. Higher than the girl with the dragon tattoo. Wow. Oh, that might cause some wow. twitching faces. <laughs> uh, higher than Dangerous Minds. Well, that's not too yeah. difficult, is it? It's okay, because we didn't review the Swedish version of the girl with the so, dragon tattoo. But higher than, like, you know, Clueless? Higher what? than The Crow? Higher than The Grand Budapest Hotel? I mean... Oh, really? Higher than oh. Days of Thunder? Higher than Fight Club? But I think, so, I think all the fair, others To be fair, a lot had... of them are my polarizing experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all that's left now, speaking of gender biases and gender fallouts and all that stuff, is Georgia, you've got... <laughs> Well, no, about the films boys like and the films girls like, at least the films that the, the men on this panel and the women on this panel like. Mm-hmm. Georgia, you've got the choice of the next film. I do. Which is what I'm trying to segue to here. So people are going to be like, what are you going on about? What's well, Georgia's turn to pick? Yeah. <laughs> so, Georgia, what are you going to be picking interestingly for next week? Enough, interestingly enough, this is perhaps a male skewed film. Um, Your last you also chose like the Hitman's yeah. body. I did last choose the Hitman's body. Yeah, so this no. one has to qualify. This one does qualify. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, it's ninety-seven percent and an eight point four. Hang on, eight point four, four and ninety-seven. Wow, that's mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got an idea, but geez, really? Winner of a Best Oscar, a Best Golden Globes, Wait, and a, a best, best BAFTA, is this but best a picture? Best for animated feature. We are watching 2018 Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Wow. I've never seen this. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. I've not seen it. I want to see it. I've heard amazing things. I have seen this. Oh, okay. Artistically, wow. Yeah? Wow. Um, Ethan went on a lot about this, didn't he? Ethan did go on a lot about this. It may yes. be worth extending an yeah. invitation into the into the best film ever verse and yeah. seeing if Ethan wants to join up. Ethan, you should join us on this. If it all possible, he's going hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I think if we did it without him, I think <laughs> yeah, make it killed. I think I think he'd still really love it and listen to it. But I think we're better for his knowledge yes, on definitely. it. Definitely. So I'm going to reach out to that. I think we that's a good that. shout. So excellent. Into yeah, that's a that's a great choice. Can I just? Say yep. one little thing. I want to say thank you ever so much for inviting me in as a guest. Absolutely. This has been lovely, especially with the current climate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> as this may all change, but it's been lovely to, to share this with you and go into my Aaron Sorkin knowledge and West Wing knowledge. Yeah, it's been, it's been great to have you as our Sorkin expert. All right. So please join us next time as we do Into the Spider Verse. Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. <laughs> <laughs> it's its full title. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in. I'm keeping it in. (laughs) (laughs) So, for best film ever, I've been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Debbie. I've been Ellie. And I've been Georgia, the pedantic. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to go towards this for you. I was addressing others. But I think, you know, we need to realize that sometimes things are a maybe. And if they're not, maybe you need to work on your people skills. (laughs) You're a fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, folks. We'll see you next time.
can't remember exactly what he said, but you, do you know what I mean? If it wasn't for you, Liam, I'd be the most popular teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Bob. Bob Rumson. Bob. Bob, Bob Rumson. <laughs> What's he gonna do? Gonna run for president. president. Bob. Bob, Bob Rumson. Rumson.